Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome, Welcome to, to Real Nerds Podcast. Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2018 and beyond. Fuck you, Brad. I got through it. I was gonna, I was gonna save you so you could eat, but now, now, nope. now the listeners get to listen to me eat. Oh, that's so gross. I have to listen to this in like 30 minutes and edit it. Oh man, there's an audience for everything in the world on the internet, so yeah. someone's probably getting his rocks off. I basically do, I basically do ASMR of just me chewing. Uh, if you guys haven't seen my YouTube video uh, channel. What's um, ASMR? No, ASMR is like it's it's just quiet sounds. Um, What's the acronym stand for? I don't remember. Hey, hey, Dan, you're not on the podcast. What's the as- uh, acronym for ASMR stand for? Um, ass sex. Ass man, sex rectum. man rectum. Wow, um, that thanks, makes Dan. sense. My mom no longer thinks you're cool. That's a government <laughs> acronym, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, every week we go see a movie, and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we went and saw Paddington 2. Mm-hmm. The... Is Henry Skyping in on this one? Oh, if he is, I didn't call him. Whoops. <laughs> Did he say we were doing it? I just figured we're doing a show about Paddington 2. We should be here. He didn't reply, oh. but he, Henry's spirit is with us at this point on this movie. So. I guess anything. he did say he was going to be busy. Uh, uh, I think he's on production next... on a film, though, from yeah. what I saw. So. Yeah. So he said his piece. In you know the what? Film I'm explosion. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we know how how Henry feels about Paddington Two. Go to Film Explosion um, 2017 to hear what Henry thought of Paddington Two. Yeah. Uh, anyway, later in the show we will review Paddington Two. Let you know if you should see it. Then we'll play the trailer, and then we'll spoil Paddington Two for you, which will be pretty hard to do um, because <laughs> it's adorable. Um, so uh, before that, we're going to talk about all kinds of other stuff like what we've been watching and some news, and what's coming out on Blu-ray this week. Um, but before that... We have to identify ourselves, don't we? What do you mean? Identify who we are. What? Yeah. What, our, we what our intentions are. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Do we plan who, to marry the audience? Hey, Zach, who are you? I'm Zach. Great. You? I'm Brad. Great. And I'm James. Where's Ryan? Um, and I'm a host of the Real Nerds Podcast. Uh, Normally, Ryan, Ryan is our host. Yeah, Ryan is not here. But people keep committing crimes, and I know. What was it today? Be here. He was arresting junkies or something? I don't know. It's just another arrest. I was, I'm was. i surprised how much... Maybe we shouldn't say the county he's in, but yeah, it's not, not a to. large county. 
Like, I'm surprised how much terrible crime happens there. I never want to move there. He was actually held back by the chief and said, Frost, you're out of line. I'm putting you with a new partner. Oh. And uh, that partner turned out to be a reckless uh, ex-Green uh, Beret. Yes. Who is um, tired of Ryan Frost's old man ways. Unfortunately, it's the TV version. Ooh. Oh. Oh, man. No that one was did happen, that. didn't it? I saw that this isn't really news, but Corinne sent us a message that she got her movie pass. Uh, I'm actually really excited to hear somebody who has MoviePass tell me whether or not it's good. It doesn't matter for me because I can't use it at, at the Alamo. So I mean, yeah, she just I got think. it. I mean, she probably hasn't used it yet. So No, no, no. I'm just excited to hear her like give us a rundown of it and tell us if it's good. I'm so tempted to get one just cause, because of my driving situation. I don't always make it out to the Alamo. So Oh, yeah. No, of course. Like, it might be worth me getting one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wish I lived in a world where Alamo should just put out, like, their own cool membership thing so that I can abuse their pricing model. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd like, I like being the aberrant figure in a lot of people's pricing projections. Um, so you're that Alamo willingly fuck yourself because James told you to. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, it would be nice yeah. if I spent a lot less money at the Alamo. It, it, I mean, because they'd end up... Wouldn't they end up making, like, the same amount of money anyway in terms of how much food they'd sell if that were the case? So Yeah, I want to pay less for that, too. Yeah. (laughs) No. um, I actually didn't go to the Alamo this week. I went to the Southland because it was – I almost texted you guys a picture of me just covered in snow and was like, this is what dedication looks like. Because anybody who – I mean, we're obviously in Denver. We say it at the beginning of the show. And the weather yesterday in Denver was awful. Um and so I, I didn't want to venture very far, so I went a third as far to go to the South Glen Theater, which is my like second favorite theater in Denver anyway. Yep. Um, well, I, I, so. I had my own experience in the snow, but it was worth it to get to Second Spin before it closed. Oh, no. Which is, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's some local news. Is Second Spin is officially closed on Colorado Boulevard, um, but you can go see their sister store at Colorado Mills. Um, so, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Cool. Farewell to eight years of me buying shit from them. I don't know who else is going to move into that space. That that building is so obviously a second spin. I heard they're going to separate it into three different stores because it's that big a space. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Probably a bunch of um, shitty stores no one wants. Brad, how you been? You were out of town. I did. I, yeah, I just got back from Los Angeles again. What? Um, you uh, having lunch with Spielberg? I can't say. Oh. I signed a non-disclosure agreement. Wow. So, That's yeah. That's pretty cool. Do you, do you want to know why I, why I was really there? Yeah, of course. Sorry, I'm trying to look up the real nerds' <laughs> no, messages. <I> um, <laughs> you to look up ours, us? <laughs> no, Corinne wrote in not just about the uh, movie pass, but also uh, she was she disagreed with what uh, James and I, our stance on the John Williams music. Anyway. Oh, that's um, right. I read that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I went to Los Angeles trying to watch Star Wars The Last Jedi in 4DX, and the week before my trip, they moved it out of that format. So I had already like, fuck it. I already have the flight. Yeah. I, well, I would have canceled the flight, but I stupidly had also bought tickets to the Paramount after dark studio tour, which are non-refundable and a hundred bucks. So I was like, I guess I still have to go. So I found other things to occupy my time. And then after a awful flight in, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then almost i felt like i was gonna die in yeah. um i uh just turbulence and shit yeah Uh-oh. and like like 45 degree angle landings and things <laughs> well there was also uh where'd you where'd you land in los angeles no but lax or Bur- like burbank or like where? lax okay. lax 
All right. <laughs> Liam um, Neeson was on the plane. Many bad things happened. But yeah, so uh, I decided to fill the rest of the time with more movie going, alternative movie going, since Star Wars was an option. So I tried to go to some video game stores. Uh, I went to one, and they had conveniently moved all the retro games out to a convention in Aww. Pasadena, I think. Sure. So I was like, damn, that's a shame. And then I went to this other store that had a pretty good selection of retro games, and they were just closed. They're supposed to be open, but they were just closed. <laughs> so they were, um, they were getting more weed. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was like an <laughs> indie operation. So I was there, I don't know, 15 minutes after open. So maybe they just, they were just aren't, weren't on time. Yeah. But because I bought a one o'clock Star Wars ticket at the El Capitan, I couldn't wait around to find out. So, Ooh. um, so yeah, instead of, so I watched Star Wars at the Disney theater yeah, there, basically you went across the street to protest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that was cool because they had an organ player at the, like on stage as people were like loading into their seats and he was playing, um, like old themes, old movies. And then as it got closer and closer to curtain, um, it was like the theme from ET and star Wars and star Trek and like more commercially recognizable movies. Um, fan of the opera he did. And then, um, then this other guy comes out, introduces the show, and then these like black sort of translucent screens come down, and they do this like laser light show for Star Wars. What? Ooh. So there's all these like laser lights going off, and then this girl comes out with a lightsaber. She's dressed like Ray. She just does this like choreographed like lightsaber fight move, and then she leaves. And then the back curtains open up, and there's this giant like cardboard cutout AT AT. Wow. And they're like doing snow speeder blasts at it and everything with the lasers and just like this is amazing <laughs> um and then off in the in the balcony uh seats that they have closed off but mm-hmm. were once balcony seats they yeah. have the uh snoke's imperial guards those red armored oh, guys cool. staying there so yeah that was it was pretty cool and then i did the um i did the vip package which like you got popcorn and a soda with it yeah but there's also down the basement um the museum the museum with the costumes from Last Jedi. So cool. Um, so, like, Mark Hamill's way smaller than I always imagined. <laughs> um, and I'll beat you up. And Daisy Ridley's really thin. Daisy Ridley is tiny. Yeah, she's tiny. Um, and obviously, uh, uh, Adam Driver's tall. That, that didn't really? surprise me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess he is like a Marine. Yeah. And, the, <laughs> and then the other uh, costume they had was Leia's, like, where she has like her face half covered. Yes. Yeah. That, that yeah. outfit was there, too. So cool, very cool. Yeah, I nice. love that theater. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, after that, um, fifteen minutes later, I had a screening of Jumanji in MX4D across the street at the what? TLC. That's cool. So I just walked across the street, jumped in the next theater, and that's the, you know, the the uh, the competitive the... version of 4DX. Yeah. So, so. One, where, one where the like the seats vibrate when the sound gets loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I'll probably talk about more about what happened yeah. in my review, but yeah, I did that. Do you want to tell us about the Paramount tour? Yeah, and then after that, I uh, so that ended like six. So yeah, to be over the Paramount tour, I got there early, um, and they just lumped. I was supposed to be there at eight, but they lumped me into the seven thirty tour, uh, which is cool. And then yeah, you know, the first room you go into, they give you champagne, and you wait for everyone to arrive. And there's like uh, the Oscars for The Godfather and the Titanic and uh, Braveheart and a couple others like sitting out in a, in a transformer case. Um, 
there's costumes from uh like uh what's Transformers. It, what's her name from uh Adam's family Morticia oh sure uh they had a thing like don't take pictures because the years of light have t- have turned this black dress it's slowly going red wow from different light uh hitting it um yeah there's a Star Trek uniform there um and a couple of other things but anyway the after dark tour they take you through all the different uh, sound stages um and as they're going you know he's the tour guides giving like explaining uh, all these you know they have a slight like macabre bent to them um i forget i forget what some of them were because at times i was like i think like they're making this up just to like have, have an anecdote for the tour sure uh but then after the sound stages they actually take you to the hollywood forever um cemetery mm-hmm. and so like one of the big things is you go into the mausoleum and um you know there's stuff about like bugsy siegel from earlier in the tour that like oh here's his actual resting place in the mausoleum and if you leave a penny there like it gives you good luck in las vegas I was like, I don't want that fucking guy's luck. And <laughs> like, yeah, I might <laughs> He's win. Dead. I might win a million dollars, but you just showed me a picture on your iPad of him getting shot in the face. Um, so I don't think I'm going to enjoy that very like that money very long. So awesome. um, I didn't realize Paramount was getting into the shock factor business with its tour. It's yeah. really good. Um, Who wants to make money in Vegas? So yeah, and then all the sound stages are pretty cool. Like uh, yeah, a couple of them. Like Doctor Phil's soundstage is the soundstage where they did the Godfather. I uh, shot those, and they talk. And there's always like that seems disturbing stories about somehow. the <laughs> there's always disturbing stories about the mob, and, and they're talking about making the Godfather there, and how the horse head is real because the fake one wasn't giving him the reaction he wanted. Um, Hitchcock and Psycho, the soundstage there, he specifically wanted this very specific height for all the buildings, um, and no st- soundstage can accommodate except for I think twenty nine. I forgot the number of it, but it was the only one that had a floor that was removable. So they knocked out the floor, and they gave him the height that he needed. Hmm. And now that that they that they built that back up again, and now it's used to store props from like NCIS and stuff. Um, <laughs> My mind went to I thought it was at Universal, but no, it's the outside of the motel that's at uh, Universal. The shower scene was shot at Paramount. That's yeah, um, it's a very tall shower though. <laughs> it shows the screening room where they watch the movies and like do you know feedback and stuff with the executives and everything. Cool. Um, they talk about how <laughs> in the projection room, you know, there'd be a rope along the ceiling that you would cut in case the film caught on fire. Cause everything was silver nitrate way back in the day. Yeah. So the projectionist would have to yell out fire through the, the hole for the lens. And then he'd take a hatchet, cut the wire and that would shut all the holes for the lens, block that out and seal off the door. And then it would be his job to isolate the film into a, like a spot that, you know, it wouldn't reach anything. Because um, even if you dunk it underwater, that shit burns underwater. So you can't yeah. put it out with a, you know, with an extinguisher. Yep. So that was pretty cool. Just imagining like a guy in there is like, oh shit. Like turns into like the Rambo of. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this dynamite tape is on fire. But yeah. And then the, like the After Dark tour, there's a lot of like, you know, Jane Mansfield, Judy Garland, like a lot of old Hollywood's buried there, mm. or at least has memorial uh, plaques. plaques there. Because like uh, some, I think the I forget her name, but the actress from like Gone with the Wind, uh, the owner of the cemetery was so racist, like he wouldn't even have her buried there. Uh, so in the years, oh since Hattie McDaniel, Ooh. Hattie McDaniel, yeah, yeah um, <laughs> like she wanted to be buried there. They wouldn't let her be buried. So years later, after they lost ownership of the cemetery, the new owners came in and put like 
she's not actually there, but they put a, a uh, you know, a shrine for her. Um, yeah, memorial plaque. Yeah, so yeah. that she could be there. Cool. Um, you know, there's also one of those things Did for the Toto. Say, ha ha! Told you so. <laughs> no, <laughs> Toto's there as a, like a little shrine, but uh, Toto's body was in this Eaten. animal cemetery that the highway bulldozed over, and <laughs> yeah. Um, a pet cemetery, huh? Yeah, a pet is <laughs> real pet cemetery. Um, wow. Yeah, and that was, I was surprised for Paramount. Like, I know they don't own Friday Thirteenth anymore, but for like the, you know, After Dark tour, I would have thought they'd do some Friday Thirteenth related stuff. But hmm. as we've learned over the past year, they don't give a shit about that franchise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're they're looking to offload it onto Bloom. So. <laughs> And, after, and as we're leaving, they're, you know, they're like, hey, do you have any more questions? Like, yeah, uh, where did they build the whale tank for Star Trek Four and everything? He's like, oh, good question, yeah. And they, like, changed the tour, and we went over to the spot. Kind cool. of. Like, we couldn't. It was at the end, so it was like, you know, we saw it, but we couldn't, like, walk over. It's basically a parking lot now uh-uh. with, like, it's a loading area. Um, but, yeah, that's cool. And then after that, I uh, went to Amoeba Music. You know, checked out some DVDs and stuff. And the next door... How long is the tour? Sorry. The tour is like two hours. Okay. Yeah, halfway through uh, during the Hitchcock underground part. Yeah. There's like another room sectioned off and it has the the paintings from The Haunting. The 2000 version. Yeah. Where they, you know, the face changes. There's four of them. So progressively throughout the movie, the face gets like more cut up and angrier. So those are hanging on the wall and they have a bunch of like gravestones surrounded. And then you just collect like uh, popcorn and stuff candy and snacks and just you take a break from the tour for a little bit cool yeah um but yeah two hours so cool at one point i thought it was two hours had gone by and only been one hour i was like wow we're getting a lot of um but la was super cold and windy so that wasn't as fun walking around in that yeah um but yeah the graveyard isn't lit well so we have to take like flashlights the whole time and a lot of the (laughs) awesome a lot of the graves are jewish graves so it's a lot of like marble slabs on top of the actual sure um yeah but yet there's no lights out there so it's a lot of just moonlight uh so it's really kind of spooky and stuff and yeah after uh amoeba i went to um the cinerama dome which was right next door cool so it's it's an arc light now so there's mm-hmm. it's, it's uh kind of the same situation as um i guess um the continental here where like the sure. famous screen is the one but since as time has gone on there's a bunch of ancillary sure uh, screens or i guess Grauman's even um same situation where right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and i rewatched the shape of water there so cool that was nice that's a nice place did you watch it on the main screen or the main screen, screen? yeah okay. i specifically i was like i want a dome what I do you want, got in the I dome want, yeah i'll watch it <laughs> after 11 yeah it's like i will see ladybird on the cinerama dome yeah they said 50 shades freed <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> i would watch it um, yeah, I might have, because I was like, I got to watch something in the dome. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, um, and that was weird because, like, nothing's really in CinemaScope anymore. Yeah, like which is what it's made for. So the sides are truncated a bit, but that bends the bottom of the frame. Huh. So it's un- it's like a weird little smile at the bottom. <laughs> so the top is flat, but the bottom of the frame is curved up. So that yeah, that's an odd watch, but still Funny. it was cool to yeah. There wasn't a lot of people. Uh, there so and you know there's like six of us there and some couple came and sat like r- right in front of me <laughs> it's like fuck this I, just, yeah. I walked back like four rows 
at the El Capitan, this group of like four old people chatted through all of Star Wars. Oh my goodness. I want to kick him in the teeth. You should have yelled at them. You were from a different city. What were they going to do? <laughs> they were never going to see you again. And the like, only, shut up. The only thing that didn't occur of all the like violent fantasies I had in my head, the yeah. only thing that didn't occur to me was just like going to, because they have concierges that are, you know, that were like, hey, you know, if you want to move at all, just let us know and you can move. Yeah. Um. So that's a guy who will be like, oh, they're talking. Let me go fuck them up. Right. Um. I and I just, you. I was just like, I, I'm only here for a day. I don't want to like ruin the rest of my evening, like uh, no, sorting you through this mess. Absolutely should have complained. Yeah. Because otherwise, you end up sitting there like I'll be out of here in a few hours. Is it yeah. worth it? That's yeah. terrible. So anyway, yeah, shut Sheesh. the fuck up. Seriously, especially if you're gonna go all the way there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what I did. Cool. I well, you win. went to L.A. to watch movies and special theaters. I was in Miami. I didn't see anything. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I know you couldn't find a time to watch. Does Miami have a famous theater? Probably not. In Miami? No. They're all dance clubs, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've there turned everything. The, there is the Scarface Cocaine Theater, but, you know. They're all, they're that. all like, strip clubs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you watch a movie while the movie was being projected on a stripper? <laughs> no. Okay. Though that might be more entertaining. It's um, an idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, movie night yeah, at no, Shotgun Willie's. <laughs> what the? Nothing uh, from Miami? Yeah. Nothing, nothing from Miami. Yeah. I went to a Bitcoin conference. Ooh. Yes. It was actually interesting. I mean, did you learn anything useful? Yeah. Are we going to have, like, is Real Nerds the invested Bitcoin now? Yeah, but we're going to announce the ICO for our new Real Nerds coin. Um, so if you guys want to give money to the Real Nerds podcast and then get nothing back, you can buy our imaginary coin and we'll just keep the real money. <laughs> and that's how that's how we're going to do it. But at least, at least we're upfront about our about our Bitcoin scams, you know. At least we're telling you we're gonna just take your money. <laughs> I'm gonna turn your money into dog food to feed my dog. You have a dog. dog. <laughs> uh, Do you mean? Oh, Dan. Dan? Yeah, Dan. <laughs> Dan your dog. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy dog food to feed Dan. <laughs> uh, that's terrible. I'm only mad at him because he wouldn't come on the show. He was right here and wanted to tell us about movie news. And it was a, it was abhorrent news, too. It was terrible news. So, well, maybe we should get into He's it. Brad, Brad, yeah. What do you got for us? You got, the, you got some Corinne? I did not get that email up. Is oh, that okay. news? Or are we doing... Like hey, we got some mail this week, guys. Do you want me to read some mail? All right, so uh, Corinne sent us a message this week, oh. as I've said a m number of times in the last minute or so. <laughs> um, she says, uh, although I'm going to have, although, I'm going to have to, I, th I don't she think she meant although. I think she just meant, I'm going to have to respectfully dis disagree with Brad and James's comments. Oh, no, she did. On, <laughs> on John Williams, TLJ, which is how the hip kids are saying The Last Jedi, uh, score being understated. Uh, I'm going to make an educated guess that you guys haven't listened to the soundtrack by itself. I true own for the me, soundtrack. Not true for Brad, for the record. Yes. Uh, I think if you have, you'll know that it's some amazing material. Even by Star Wars standards, the segment at uh, 5 minutes 32 seconds to 6 minutes 26 seconds of finale is reason enough to nominate this music at the Oscars, and that's not even touching on Rose's theme the music during the guards and Phasma Finn fights, the spark and the last Jedi. Uh, those last two were in quotes as title tracks <clears throat> or track titles. Uh, 
that whole second half of the soundtrack, like from A New Alliance on, is flawless. It's not understated or overstated. It does exactly what it is, uh, what it should do, bolster the tone of the movie. Um, yeah. Brett, Brett, why are you wrong? Why am I wrong? Yeah. I'm not yeah, wrong. She You're just wrong. Said you, she just said you were wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I, she must be listening with cotton in her ears. <laughs> um, I'm not saying it's, it's, a, it's no. a decent soundtrack. It just doesn't it stand out. Like Duel the Fates does, sure. or the well, March of the Rebels from the previous movie. As much as I recycled. adore, yeah. As much as I adore John Williams, the truth is when he does sequels, he he tends to re reuse some of it. I loved the la- the um, Force Awakens uh, one because he was coming up with new themes. Here, I mean, I think he's got some new stuff, but I think a lot of it is still understated, mostly because the movie requires that. So I would agree with her in that what she's saying at the end is the movie needed a lot more quiet sequences and it needed to not to, to deal in subtlety, um, which is fine. It's great. It just means that like you, this was one of the few times where I came out of a star Wars movie, not excitedly humming the music after I was done. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I, I I haven't bought the score yet. I fully intend to, but I've been behind on buying some scores from the last year. Like I still don't have the blade runner one, uh, cause I listened to it on Spotify for a while. But like that's not the same. Like I want to fucking own it. Yeah, it comes with um, cool art. I still need yeah. to see it again. But I think I remember at the Yoda part, the music being oh yeah. distinct and interesting. Yeah. Oh, there's still some. And I don't remember points. it being from a previous film. So yeah, you know. uh, no. She, I mean, she's right. There's some really good stuff in there. Um, so it's not like we're sitting here. It's a John Williams score. It's still better than ninety percent, ninety nine percent of what you hear throughout the entire year. We're, we're, we're talking about, like, measuring anything he does in the margins, right? This is a guy who has produced, I don't know, 20 of the best scores ever made? More? Um, I, I'd argue that the score for The Post is uh, superior for me than The Last Jedi one, but that's just me talking on my ass, I guess. Did he do the score for The he Post? He didn't do the score for The Post. Yes, he did the one for The Post. He's not doing the one for oh, uh, no, you're right. Ready Player One. Yes, that's right. Alan Silvestri. Yes, you're right. He did do the one for The Post. Don't yes, question right. me. <laughs> we even talked about that. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think it's good. Again, I think it's amazing. But when I walk out of the theater... It's not John Williams. Here's what I'll say: John Williams doesn't end up the star of the movie the way he does. Catch me if you can. Like the the person who should be third build on Catch Me If You Can after Tom Hanks and and DiCaprio is is John Williams. Like that's how great that score is. Um, just, and and by great, I also mean in your face, really obvious. You know, this is when I say understated. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just quiet and it deals in subtlety the way that a, that his score for the post does honestly now i want to um, see john williams hold a lightsaber <laughs> and fight the, fight the first i would order. fight him he would have been a great count dooku as he fights with the sword though he keeps going like do 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 yes oh my goodness i want to see john williams plays count dooku sings his own theme song like Kronk from emperor's new groove and then when he's like um, successfully done it he goes like do 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 Oh wait, wrong movie. Do yeah. do 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 do. Ah, <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, I, Someone please make a cartoon image of of John Williams going do 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 do. I I think that Corinne is probably right. I think it's probably great. And when I go listen to it some more, I'm gonna be like, this is great. I mean, yeah, it, his scores are always amazing. You know, even that one time in Attack of the Clones when he used that 
weird electric guitar because everything else on screen was boring. So he's like, ah, how do we make the music weird here? Fuck it, it's a space movie. I think it was during the, uh, I think it's during the, um, the Coruscant chase in Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right after the slugs try to suck um, Amidala's neck or whatever. Um, You remember that? Those movies are bad. Anyway, uh, cool. That I think that's all the mail. Brad, right? That's all I know of. Okay, cool. Uh, hey, Brad, what's uh, going on around town? Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. The Midnight at the Esquire this week is The Room and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Room is Friday, Rocky Horror is Saturday. Brooks told me the other day she doesn't want to see the room for uh, at least a few years. Yeah. Why? Because I think she had enough, after seeing Disaster Artist and then doing the whole the whole Alamo experience we saw, she was like, I'm good. I'm good for at least a while. I get it. I don't need it. Yeah, I get it. I'm in. It's okay. <laughs> too much I don't need to watch to, that too again. Too much Tommy is... Uh, right. Yeah, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. You know, you give her a couple of years to forget it and then show it to her and she'll be like, this is terrible. <laughs> I saw the other movie this is based on. I remember. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, cool. Cool. Um, yeah, and then, of course, uh, next Tuesday, January 30th, is open screen night. $5, Bug Theater. Please come check that out. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And there was something else important going on that I really meant to say, but it's not like a, a this week thing. Damn it. Anyway, uh, how about uh, how about we talk about a little news? You guys want to talk some news? It's your news. It's real news. Danny McBride is going to make a sequel to Crocodile Dundee. Okay, wait, wait. This doesn't seem <laughs> real at all. Uh, I, I saw the video. I read part of the story. What's going on here? I don't I, I know. I want it to be real. I really want it to be real because it looks fucking amazing. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's in it. Yeah, it looks better yeah. than a Crocodile Dundee hey, movie. Hey, but... hey, hey. I will fucking stab you, man. That's what you get. <laughs> uh, Crocodile Dundee 3D3 is terrible. That's the one reason why I think for sure it is fake because if they were really big enough fans of Crocodile Dundee to make a sequel, they would at least know about Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Uh, in which he actually does have a son, and his son isn't long and lost, which is what the synopsis says. Everyone knows that he has a son. He, he I mean, they, and they live in Australia. That's the difference. They, they go to visit LA. They live in Australia. Yeah. So that 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 part is strange. Um, Chances are this okay. is a viral marketing campaign for something else for that leads up to the Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, most likely. Uh, which is disappointing because this is dope. Uh, even the, even the title is like giveaway because it's called Dundee, which is what they usually do to sequels is, you know, shorten yeah. it, make it easy to say, I'll easy take, to take off of the take off of the, and then the subtitle is the story of the legend that returns or something of the the son of a legend mm-hmm. returns home. Which son legend returns? Those are all like typical subtitle things. Like yeah, yeah, it's very it's very legend like, of the return of the son yeah. of the yeah. It's weird. They should have just called it the Dundee. That would have been good. The Dundee. Yeah. But there was no. I mean, I should have like figured because there's no studio logo in front of it or anything like that. Yeah. Well, there is, but it's for uh, it's for Rim uh, Rimfire, which is the actual production company of the original movies. Oh. So, yeah. um, so I, 
the one that I recommend. I don't, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, the original ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. Know I looked that it up because I was exist. like, "Ooh, this might be a clue to who's doing this." And yeah. yeah, it's literally the production company of the original Dundee movies. So, well, too bad Danny McBride's working on the new Halloween. So, it, it's awesome. I want this movie to be real. I loved those movies as a kid. I think the first one is still decent, though stupid. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, uh, eh, eh, eh. uh, uh, the Razzies. Well, yeah, because we're getting the Oscars tomorrow, so the sure. Razzies are today. Yeah. Uh, the list looks interesting. Worst Worst Picture nominees were Baywatch, The Emoji Movie, Fifty Shades Darker, The Mummy, and Transformers: The Last Night. And obviously, the winner there is Fifty Shades Darker. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen the Emoji Movie. But fucking seriously. Uh, the weird one is that they nominated Jennifer Lawrence for Mother. And Javier Bardem for Mother. Yeah. And Pirates of the Caribbean 5. I, I disagree with that choice. But whatever. It's, it's fucking Razzies. It's it gives a shit. controversial for the Razzies. They're fun <laughs> right. for like a few years, but now they're like so predictable. Yeah. Um, that it's not like amusing. Yeah. Um, so... The next Cloverfield sequel, which we knew is, was coming, but we don't really know anything about yet because that's the way the Cloverfield marketing works. Um, there's some like viral stuff going on and some websites out there where you can decrypt some stuff. Uh, there's some information maybe leading us to think that the title is going to be Cloverfield Station, which sounds cool enough. Um, it's, I mean, until we get final announcements... Um, you know, the the word has always been that that God Particle was actually Clover, a Clo- going to be a Cloverfield movie, um, which we also haven't gotten any promotions on that. So unclear whether or not this is just God Particle, but retitled. Um, none of this is news until something is said. It's hard to really say anything about. Um, we could change the segment to speculation. Speculation station. <laughs> hey, guys, um, we've never talked about Funko Pop in our news before. But I'm going to talk about it because Funko Pop's making this dope-ass Dr. Ian Malcolm where he's sexy <laughs> and, and, and... Slightly injured. Yeah, when he has his, his broken leg and is laying with his shirt open. And this might be the best Funko Pop ever made. Oh, my God. I want this desperately. Only at Target, I see. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, every, everything's going to be some kind of exclusive. They're fucking Funko Pops. Um, Are you going to get it? I'm going to try really hard. I think it's really cool. Like, I, I just, I think this is ridiculous. I want a sexy Dr. Ian Malcolm Funko Pop. Like, just look at the, look at the dead stare in his eyes. I mean, it's the same as every other Funko Pop, but this one just wants to have sex with you. Like, just look at him. <laughs> He's just like, bring it. It's great. <laughs> I think it's amazing. You're at your computer. You're doing some work. You turn around. He's sitting on your mantle. He keeps you moving. Just, you just start staring into his eyes, and you're like, what what now? I'm working. Uh, you you want to do it now? Oh man, come on! Le- okay. You gotta leave me alone. I can't resist you. Ah, uh, I'm trying to get stuff done. Ah, uh, no, I'm trying to do the laundry. <laughs> Stop right, touching just, me. Just a tip. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, sorry, mom. Um, the Disney is gonna remake the Sword in the Stone, which is actually one of the most exciting remakes that I've heard them talk about. That actually not could... because I think that movie is amazing, but like I think it could be a really cool live action film. Yeah, I mean I have fond memories of the original, but I can admit it's, it, it is ripe for it, especially if we're trying to make King Arthur movies with Guy Ritchie at this point. 
mm-hmm. you know, why not try this? Yeah. Um, what could go wrong at this point? <laughs> yeah, it's got to at least be better than that. Um, so I think this one is slated after The Lion King, which is three live-action films out from where they are, because Aladdin, Dumbo, and then Lion King, I think, is the order. Um, and they have uh, they've tasked the director of 28 Weeks Later, whose name I never remember because his name is Juan Carlos Fresnadillo. Fres- Fresnadillo. They should get Ian Ian McKellen to play Merlin and, like, spoof his version of Gandalf. Oh, I kind of like that. Yeah. And then I don't know who you get for Archimedes the Bird. Richard Harris. Um, (laughs) It's a Harry Potter joke. You're a king, Arthur. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Anyone want to talk about that yet? Uh, Dark Knight's coming back to theaters. Uh, Uh, But only on the East Coast. Oh, is it only on the East Coast? Yeah, it's only on the East Coast. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. Well, I'll watch it at home then. But it might... They might do some kind of, like, Al- Alamo event for it around July or something, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know? Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, the Justice League Blu-ray is, has been announced, and it has only one deleted scene on it. So there's, as I think we predicted, there's not probably really a director's cut here. Um, to the dismay of many very confused... And angry ...bewildered people. and angry <laughs> fans of a thing that they don't know if it exists, but they guess it does... Um, that's a weird thing to like to have a group of people who are like, they, they, they don't like a thing, but they love a thing. And so they assume there's a better version somewhere. Well, there's a, there's a version of what Snyder wanted to do, but it's not finished. Yeah. Whether or not it's it's an actual film is a completely different. Like, yeah, uh, it's, it feels like people with their head buried in their sands to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. So, um, There's a chance that Spider-Man might show up in a Venom movie. Hey, they're making a Venom movie. Yeah, I heard Who's, Tom Hardy's in it. Oh, wow. Well, well, nobody really knows. Do they have a picture of him in the suit yet? Um, No, they oh. don't. Um, But there there might be like two days of filming worth of Tom Holland on set just to be like, I condone this action, and then he leaves. Venom um, movie. Next thing you're going to tell me, they're going to make a sequel to The Rocketeer. They are. You know they're making a <laughs> no! straight sequel. Not even rebooting it. They're also making a Bad Boys TV show. What? Yeah. It's, it's an actual spinoff starring Gabriel Union. Um, okay. I don't know why this exists. Because um, it's not what I want. What I want is Bad Boys 3 and 4 and 5. Yeah. And 6. Because I have to finish the anthology. <laughs> um, <laughs> we need to know how this story ends. Um, Bad boys, so very tired. Speaking of TV shows, though, J.J. Uh, Abrams is coming back to TV. Um, he's he's producing the first TV show he's made since Fringe, which was like what twelve years ago, ten years ago. Seems like it. Um, it was a while. I mean, I, that came out when I was in college, um, so probably nine, maybe nine years ago. Yeah, nine or, nine or ten years ago. Yeah. Um, so I will totally look into that. That sounds like a cool thing, and let's see. Do we care? Do we care about Ryan Johnson defending Star Wars? Nah, Star Wars is good, man. Um, Doesn't need defending. Yeah, it's, it's going to be what it's going to be, and you can just shut the hell up. Yeah, but I think I think his arguments are always really funny. The one where he went and found an obscure book that talks about how astral projection is a thing that Jedi can do, and like just and especially because it's from the decanonized material, like he's he's bitch slapping all of the people who 
argue that Jedi can't astral project. Whatever. Um, Case hurrah, hurrah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and the Flash has finally gotten a new director. Um, yeah. oh, right. Bounced around a lot. Uh, unfortunately, it's the guy who made that reboot of Vacation. Oh, that's right. So well, it's the two guys. It's the team. It's yeah. uh, Freaks and Geeks guy and his writing partner. Yeah, Seth Graham Smith and Rick Famujiwa. Uh, no, those were the original guys that were attached. Oh, you're to right. It. No, the new guys you know. are John Francis da- uh, John Francis Daly. Oh, you're right. Yeah, and yeah. His and Jonathan partner. Goldstein. Yes, yeah. right. Um, so hopefully that ends up okay and not like Vacation. Vacation had a couple good scenes in it. It was their first movie, so I give them a pass on, like, or their first directing yeah. outing. So, and a couple good scenes is more scenes than were in Suicide Squad. You know, they wrote the they wrote Incredible Burt Wonderstone and did part of the writing yeah. on Spider Man Homecoming, so they've got talent. Maybe, maybe the the script itself will be fantastic. Hmm. Um, oh, also, I, I skipped over this because I was just going to have you talk about it. Uh, I guess we know who. Leonardo DiCaprio is playing in the Tarantino movie. I didn't actually read this because I don't. Oh, know. Um, so he's um, so much to the dismay of our speculation, he's not playing Charles Manson. Still holding out for Pacino Manson, though. That sounds hilarious and amazing. Yeah. Uh, no, he's playing a. Um, from what I gather, it's an amalgamation of cowboy actors who worked on TV during the fifties and sixties, and he's trying to make the leap to movies. Cool. So, like. Reading about it, and given the fact that the movie's about the year 1969 and that kind of like flow and ebb, I, I'd be interested to see how Leonardo DiCaprio does it. This movie sounds a lot more serious than things he's done before. Yeah. It doesn't seem rooted well, in anything extreme or violent, and except for the obvious violent parts. Uh, yeah, but not violent in a fun way, right? It, yeah. Nobody's going to shoot Hitler in yeah, this movie. It almost, unless he does, unless this exists in that alternate timeline where we get to see Charles Manson get beat to death with a stick. Yeah. Um, which would be cool. It's it's like, it reminds me of like the the under, like it's it, it feels like as quiet as Jackie Brown is, which is, in my opinion, his quietest film. If you compare it to everything else he's directed, yeah. it's the quietest. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know. We'll see. Like, it'd be interesting to see him, like, I'm not excited. need to have a gun in every scene. Yeah, I'm excited for him to do something, yeah. you know. Uh, I was going to say dramatically different, but no pun intended. Um, but I still want to see Pacino play Manson. People should go listen to the series of episodes on from the podcast. You must remember this uh, that where she did the oh the yeah the Manson, the Manson thing. Oh yeah, it's fucking incredible. Um, she gets John. She gets some stuff from John Waters at one point, which is part yeah. of a book that he wrote called Role Models, which is a great book. Yeah, but yeah, that whole series. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think cool. she just did one on Bella and Boris, by the way, too. Oh, cool. So you should listen. It's only like six episodes. That's great. It's great. Yeah, I should listen. Yeah. To that. Sweet. Uh, I think that's news, unless I missed something. There's one very important thing you left out. What did I leave out, Brad? Jean-Claude Van Johnson is already canceled. What? No. And How not, did this happen? And not because of ratings, because of... <laughs> because it's not out yet. Because of sexual harassment. Oh, no. Who's, who did Jean-Claude Van Damme touch? Was it you? No, no. You're walking a dangerous line, my friend. <laughs> the studio execs who greenlit the series, as well as two others from that pilot season. Roy Price and oh. those people. They're, because they've been booted. So now Amazon doesn't want their stink on anything they do. So I don't know. Is that why? I don't think that's fair. One tree, I, I, one, I guess I was I was feigning my lack of knowledge here. I'm, I'm showing this as a setup. But is this is that why Mississippi, one Mississippi. the one Mississippi was also canceled? Mm. Yeah. Even Shoot. though, well, I think that was also associated with Louis C.K. Right. Was, it was associated with oh. Louis C.K. But as yeah, it was stated in the article, he wasn't like really involved in it. 
Yeah. He put his name on it. Take his name off. That's really Take Nataro doesn't deserve that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the places where this is really a shame is like, look, uh, uh, so... It makes sense I mean, when Kevin Spacey is like, he's the star of the show. Right. It's hard to keep that show going without him. But when it's like an executive, like people yeah. who people aren't don't involved... don't know or care. Like, there's a lot of people with who like, have great jobs doing that show that don't have those jobs now. Yeah. Just because some other asshole... Yeah, especially like Tick Nataro was, was just this last week on um, how did this get made? Yeah. How did this get made? And talking about that show, and you're like, oh yeah, man, watch I, the show. Yeah, yeah like um, so. Unfortunately, I actually got to see her a year ago. She was on Prairie Home Companion, which is ironic because that show also does <sighs> no, no longer has its, uh, well, its lead they, producer. Uh, yeah, they changed um, the name. Yeah, but uh, but he left before whatever allegation. Yeah, but his production company was still using it, and the or was still, oh, was still was using still the name. Yeah, so. well, was just still involved, and they were using the 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 name. So, mm. um, yeah. But uh, anyway, I saw her a year ago, and she was fantastic. And it's just it's a shame, you know, foreshadowing a little bit. Um, but like I I got a chance to watch the first Paddington this week, um, which was a uh, the Weinstein Company Dimension production. Yeah. The first one was the new. The second one is not. Um, and even as that came up, I was like, "Well, these people made a really great thing, and I'm not going to not appreciate these things that I enjoy." I mean, even now, like old Kevin Spacey movies, I will still go back and watch. It doesn't take away from that piece of art and all the other people. I mean, for those of us who were respectful enough to sit through the entire credits of a film, you realize there's hundreds and hundreds and sometimes thousands of people who work on these yeah. films and to let the bad behavior of one person ruin not only like muddy those people's work and make it seem like that's tarnished but also to basically have them all lose their jobs when when you could probably i mean in some of these cases depending on how involved these guys were like maybe you can't just go swap out producers um, because obviously the show would have a very different tone mm-hmm. um, but in a case like like one mississippi where that's Tignataro's show. Like that show is based on her life. Like if you went and got other producers, she might have an easier or harder time getting the show made the way she wants it to. But creatively, the direction of that show, at least my understanding, would be that it's hers. Um, so if you go get somebody else who's going to let her still tell the story she wants to, um, it's harder for me to know as far as John Claude Van Johnson whether like whose real idea is that show. Um, but are they keeping the tick I, on? Yeah, yeah, they they're keeping the tick. tick. That was that was greenlit under Roy Price too, so that yeah. makes no sense. I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I, know. That show is extremely popular. I think it's well, I think it's the one with the easiest, like already installed fan base. Like mm-hmm. they don't, there's already fans. There was fans for it before it even became a thing. Yeah. Whereas the other ones have to build a fan base right. from scratch. And well, I mean, one Mississippi's been out. Well, it was on. Was did it start on CISO? or was it? No, it was. An it Amazon. was always Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's been out for uh, at least a season or so. Um, but yeah. But yeah, as far as building audience, John Clavin, it's only been out for a month. Right. Like, yeah. That's not cool. No, it's, it's a shame. Hey, don't touch people. Yeah. That's the ultimate yeah. thing here is like, Hey, when you, when you fuck up, you fuck up other people's lives. Yep. Um, which is really a shame. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's lame. Well, I'm sorry. I missed that bread. I didn't really, I was setting you up. <laughs> I remember that thing I was supposed to remember. Oh, really? What'd you remember, bread? Um, what's uh, what's coming out on Blu-ray this week? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, starting, I guess, yeah, starting this weekend, uh, for the next few weeks, the Bug Theater, they're doing Evil Dead the Musical. What? Um, 
Good luck getting tickets. Already some shows have sold out, especially the, the Splatter Zone seats. <laughs> Alex says those always sell out quick, though. Yeah. So that was um, expected. But yeah, that's the thing I should have been telling you up so that you could get tickets for the Splatter Zone. But yeah, it's it's starting this weekend, and it goes through February. So Cool. It's an awesome show. and Definitely go to the Bug Theater. Check it out. It starts at 7.30 p.m. Oh, that'd be a cool thing um, to do for my birthday. Yeah, Friday and Saturday. Neat. You have a birthday coming up? Yeah, next month. They give you birthdays? Yeah, the, the, I mean, I got permission to have one this year. Oh, nice. You know, I had, to, I had to do a lot of paperwork. I feel like you have a birthday every month. I don't, this doesn't make sense. I, keep I don't believe you. I keep putting mine off. Actually, every time I take the hat off, it's I like, like Frosty a, the Snowman, then you put it back on. Happy birthday! I feel like you had a birthday 12 months ago. That's why I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying it. Uh, it happens all the time. Anyway. No, I'm just saying that if they, if they don't sell out, I want to do that then. <laughs> What movies are we going to get Zach for his birthday this week? His birthday's not this week, but just go with my segue. <laughs> DVD releases the Blu-rays. Nothing, because he buys everything for himself before we can get to it, so... No, fuck that. I'm going to curse him with a copy of Geostorm on Blu-ray. Nice. Um... Which is Did you a, read that article about Gerard Butler on Slash Home, by the way? I haven't read it yet. But it's I, adorable I, I and, and like uplifting. Like It's a novel in and of itself. I hate it just because they called it... What is it? Uh, the King of Hollywood Trash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or garbage. Which is unfair because, two. yeah. It's um, not wrong, but like it, it it starts off so inspiring. It's just like he, was, he stopped drinking at 27 and he was trying to become a lawyer and then he pursued his dream penniless as an actor and now he's here. Like, it's so he wonderful. Made, he made Olympus Has Fallen, which is awesome. And then he made London Has Fallen. Which is not as awesome. Mm-hmm. And then he made Geostorm, which you can buy on Blu-ray this week. And the cover has a, a the Burj Khalifa being hit by a wave taller than the Burj Khalifa. Because that's <laughs> how we measure height now. Anyway, uh, it's also got uh, Ed Harris in it, which is too bad for Ed Harris. And Andy Garcia. Um, yeah, but, you know, what's he been doing? Jigsaw is out on 4K. Uh, so for all you Jigsaw fans, uh, I hate I hate this cover. I think this cover is terrible. Well, the Steelbook one e- with the fire one. at the bottom. No, this one's just his face real close. Oh, mm. and they, yeah, they take the saw font and just add jig to it. You know, they're yeah. doing is just sticking it in a nice collection of all the films. But yeah, I figured they were at least a uh, new set. Just wait two months and they'll they'll put that out to double dip you. Don't worry. Uh, the Killing of a Sacred Deer is out on Blu-ray already. Uh, so oh. if you if you missed that and you want to check it out before, I don't know Oscar time though it's not getting a whole lot of traction. But I, still, I've been getting poked and prodded to see it. So yeah, well if you buy it, you can lend it to me and I'll hold on to it for a couple of years before I finally watch it. <laughs> uh, thank you for your services out this week. The movie with Miles Teller where uh, <laughs> he gets PTSD and other things happen, um, which actually looked pretty good. Um, you know. Uh, it, while while it certainly looks like one of those jingoistic sort of America War movies, like it looked like it was telling a pretty good story, so uh, that might be worth checking out. Uh, goodbye, Christopher Robin, which I totally missed. I don't even know if it came to Denver. I, just, um, I was talking to my mom about that. Yeah, I saw no mention of it in a landmark. Yeah, I kept wanting to see it. Um, so uh, you can see that. That's obviously the the movie about uh, Pooh. Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> It's about uh, Winnie the Pooh, that adorable uh, fuzzy wuzzy bear. Earth, One Amazing Day, which is another one of those Earth movies. But this one's in 4K, so you can check that out. Oh, damn. And look at things in, in pretty. Or I can go outside. Or you can go outside, <laughs> which is in 8K. Uh, 
<laughs> Sorry. You mean I'm watching both of you in 8K right now? You are. That's wow. I want to go to Earth in 4DX. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I want to go to 4DX. Yeah. Um, Groundhog Day is coming out in 4K, which seems like a waste, but that movie's awesome. Um, I'd be interested to see if putting that movie in 4K adds anything to Groundhog Day. Uh, but it's great. So, you know, if you don't, are, if you're like me and you, for whatever reason, have never actually bought a copy of Groundhog Day, um, probably just because I watched it so many times when I was younger that it's not like something I seek out very often. But, you I know, grab one, so. <laughs> yeah, pick yourself up a, a 4K copy. Um, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency Season 2, uh, which is the BBC production, but not the one from 10 years ago, the one from like uh, the last couple of years. Um. Anyway, is that Max Landis is doing? Uh, I think it's Max Landis. Oh, well, that just doesn't make me want to buy it at all. Uh, let me check. Hold on. Makes me want to kick it. Yeah, Max Landis and Douglas and well, obviously Douglas Adams is is credited. Um, but you know, it's Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. It might be good. Mm. I keep meaning to check it out because Dirk Gently. Okay. Anyway, uh, Cloverfield and Ten Cloverfield Lane are both getting um, four K. Blu-ray releases this week, which certainly seems ominous. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is out on Blu-ray uh, from MVD Rewind Collection, uh, hmm. uh, but it's you know it's just the cartoon that's, art. That's cover. George Clooney's first movie. Um, really? Yep. Oh, <laughs> well, good for and him. And it's awkward. And his career has really gone downhill since then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Teen, Teen Titans, the complete first season, is that on Blu-ray Blu this week? Um, man, they need to put those the Batman seasons out. Uh, Dario Argento's opera is on Blu-ray this week. I only mention it because it was number two on Blu-ray.com, uh, as if it was something really important. They're remastering a lot of his stuff for like Synapse or Arrow or one of those companies. So. Yeah. Uh, ooh, okay, so getting down into the dirt here. Uh, oh, which one of these is better? Which one of these is better? All right. Second to last is The Twilight People, uh, also titled Island of the Twilight People. Um, evolved from evil. Test tube terrors. Half beast. All monster. Um, I don't even know what I... I think this is really just... Oh, wait. No. Okay. Hold on. Okay. All right. Oh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this on this poster. Uh, I don't know where to start. So there's a there's a woman being carried away by what looks like a guy whose top half is is uh, like a jackal or not a jackal uh, hyena. A jackal, jackal is a jackal. Jackal, he's, he's, a jackal. <laughs> he's top half hyena, bottom half a dude. Uh, there's a there's a woman. There's a there's a, a well endowed woman uh, whose dress is about to fall off, but her head is a wolf which I find supremely unattractive. And she's next to a guy who his whole head is an owl, uh, which is bizarre. Um, there's a bat, like a whole bat, like a regular bat, except that, that they just drew a man's head on it, <laughs> which is probably the best one. Oh, man. And then there's what looks like the exact same woman in the slinky dress uh, that's falling off. Only she's on the other side of the of the cover, and she has the head of like an antelope. Um, this sounds like an Island of Doctor Moreau ripoff. Uh, this is the Island of Twilight People. I don't know what you're talking about. It's completely original. Sure. You didn't talk about the Hot Tub Party Massacre. What's wrong with you? No, I didn't. I didn't see it. Where is it? Oh, are you on Blu-ray.com? I am. Oh, okay. Is it only on DVD? It's on digital oh, bits. I did miss. I did miss a thing. 
Oh, no. Sorry. I scrolled down. That's next week. Yes, yeah, so I don't have your... You don't have the Twilight people? Twilight people. See, this is why I'm on Blu-ray.com, man. Because you got you to gotta see this. Here, I'll just turn it around. I'll just turn it around so you guys can see the Twilight people. But then the people at home have to go have to go Twilight Google the Twilight people. people. See? See the see at the top, the, the bat with the head of a guy? That's the best part. Oh, there it is. I got it. Yeah, it's, it's, on, it's on digital bits. It reminds me of that Looney Tune where Dracula is trying to chase down Bugs Bunny and he keeps getting hit with the bat as a bat. And he keeps changing into different forms of a bat. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. I yeah, Hot Tub Party Massacre is just a woman walking into a bloody tub with her ass in the in the frame. Oh, uh, you mm-hmm. made the screen go away. Oh, come on, Siri. Does it does it turn off when your face isn't looking at it? She, she... No, I just pressed the button like an idiot. Oh yeah, that's that's just um <laughs> that's just the poster cover for oh shit, what was that uh Odette Yestman movie uh where she The Unborn. The Unborn. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad. Yeah. When you say that name, people only think of either, either Cloverfield or, or that movie with her ass. Or you again with Jamie Lee Curtis. I didn't even know that was a movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, yeah. I, I didn't that just looks like It looks like the, the poster for the Unborn with a bathtub behind it instead of a sink. Yeah. Um, this is Invasion of the Star Creatures. Oh, I didn't see that one. Uh, the last one I have is... <clears throat> in the year 1954, three women... Claimed to have made love to the devil himself. Lucifer's women. This, this sounds one, though, right up my alley. Show me, show post, me, show me, show me. The poster's me. not amazing because it's, just the, it's th- just the faces of three women. Oh. For all I know, this could be a documentary. I don't know. For all but, I know, this looks like a freaking like, Bergman film. <laughs> it, it could be. Uh, well, it's from Vinegar Syndrome, so I'm gonna bet not. No, yeah, he's, um, he's exclusive to Criterion. Yeah, it's it's Ingmar's brother, Tom Tom Bergman. <laughs> well, and Vinegar Syndrome, not putting out high quality, putting out, out what that high means. quality bad shit. What what? Vinegar Syndrome. Okay. It's when the film decays and it, like produces vinegar. Oh wow! Yeah, so That's like cool. yeah, all these classier old movies. than you think. <laughs> That's really cool. I was thinking because of. The League Vinegar Strokes, so I thought they're yeah, all jerk-off yeah. movies. That's, of course, what I was thinking, too. But, uh, but no, it's a real real thing for film. Um, so this Invasion of the Star Creatures, yeah. it, it looks like something out of uh, This Island Earth, but there's like all these uh, bikini-clad women in test tubes on the moon's surface, and there's a bunch of like um, X-wings flying behind them. What? And the tagline is, beautiful, deadly, in their veins, the blood of monsters. Oh. And there's like some Black Lagoon looking dude carrying one of them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I bet there's a MS3-3K of this movie somewhere. There should anyway. be. That sounds pretty amazing. What else we got? Uh, That's all I got. All right. Yeah. Um, Buy one of those. Yeah, buy one of those. Or don't. I don't care. Uh, Hey, guys, what have you been watching? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what have you been watching? Oh, so many things. Um, where do I begin? Where did I find the time to fit all these into this? Just kidding. I didn't watch that much. Um, I did watch, first thing, I watched Dave Chappelle's two new comedy specials on oh, Netflix. Yeah, I hadn't talked about those. Yeah, they're amazing. Like, they're I like incredible. I like Chappelle's show enough growing up. Yeah. Um, but... Those are kind of like silly and satirical. Yeah. 
these are like straight up like I'm dropping knowledge on you. Yeah. Uh, the second one where he tells us the um, the story of the 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 pimp and the prostitute. Yeah, man. And correlating it to capitalism. It's yep. so fucking good. It's just like it's just like I felt like the smartest person ever. Like oh yeah, it was just amazing. And then um, all this his timing and like it looks like he's casually having conversations with the audience yeah but if you really watch it like everything is timed and specific and it just blows my mind yeah like yeah he's having fun talking about how great it is at comedy for that one bit yeah but he really is like so good at it if you really yeah. um then this in the first the first special is like an arena show um yeah. you know it, but the second one is a very intimate like you know you know 50 person room where he's just sitting on a stool and musing about things mm-hmm. and that that's where it gets really like controlled and he's he's taking you along in a very specific way uh falling through his mind it's just like i watched it over and over again it was just mm-hmm. so good like even knowing what the jokes were um, yeah it made me go back and rewatch the the the, the first two Netflix yeah. specials um which, which i watched are, and i was like okay great he's back and then moved yeah, I mean, on they're 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 great and there are times where he sort of drops a little wisdom on you um, but yeah, those two new ones, especially you're right. I mean that, the, yeah, I think it was, I think it's the second one where he talks about, um, where he talks about having a weak spirit. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Um, that's just incredible. I mean, you're watching this guy like at must, at what must be the top of his game. And honestly, when it's over, I just think like, holy shit, if he doesn't do more, I'm going to be like, we will all be worse off for it. It was like going to church. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, like it was so on point And he was, he was giving you your medicine with a spoonful of sugar. Um, and it was so good. I mean, yeah. that guy is just wicked smart. I'm like trying to work. And I'm just like constantly, he's such a great order. I'm just getting pulled away. Yeah. Like, watch this guy who's just standing there. Yeah. You know, he's not doing, there's no explosions going on. It's just like, I want to hear you talk. Yeah. Keep going. I'm probably gonna watch it again tonight <laughs> because I I just finished the the first two again yesterday. So I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen the second one, but it like th- it's markedly different from the first Netflix one he did, and I like that he's evolving hmm? because like it it reminds me of Carlin, where Carlin went from like the 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 hippie move up and and he slowly but surely got to that angry old man thing. It feels to me a lot but like... But it's what Chappelle needs to do, not become an angry old man, but like move, evolve beyond what he's already established. It, it was interesting because it was... It, if you ever have like like friends you went to high school with or, or just that you haven't seen in a long time, you catch up with them and like the first hour or two is just like talking about dumb shit that doesn't matter, like whether or not they've played the new Halo yet or like whatever... <laughs> um, and and then after a couple hours is when you finally get to like oh oh i hear you had two kids like you finally get to the stuff that maybe matters or is important or you start having deeper conversations that's what this feels like it's like the first two specials feel like oh dave we haven't seen you in a while let's talk about some dumb shit and you can tell us some silly jokes and tell us about that time that you know everybody like you you got heckled and people booed you off stage and tell us the story behind that or tell us the story about you know, tell us the Disney taking, taking, story. taking, <laughs> taking bites out of your son's sandwich and how, how he hit a bitch for it. Like they're great stories, but they're like the funny things you talk about first before you get to the real conversation. And these like, last two why, are, why like, were you gone, Dave? Yeah. Like, right. What, what was the your motivation by that? Like, yeah. No, really. I'm going to explain. 
like I've talked about it and I've said some things, but now I'm going to really explain it, you know? And that was such an interesting thing because when he started really talking about that, I was like, don't we all already kind of know this? And then, you know, he gives some more details that just make it a little more clear, you know? Um, and it's really him sort of finally getting to, to tell that story in a cool way. So yeah, man, those are great. Sheesh. I hope he does more of those. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, we, we just spent it's the last for like this round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's like, hey, do one a year. Like, I, I don't want you to overwork yourself. I, I, and I totally appreciate like everything you say. Yeah, I go live in Ohio and do what you do and have your small town experience and like all that sound stuff sounds great. It's what I would want. You know, if I had crazy money, I'm gonna go do the exact same. You'll never see me again. But every now and then, you gotta just pop out. You know, like John Hughes, and just be like, hey man, I got some gold for you here. This is some wisdom. Go take this. I'm calling it Home Alone 3. He didn't make that. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, watch you that. You want people to turn on Dave Chappelle? <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, I also rewatched Star Wars again. Yeah. Uh, it gets better every time I watch it. So, if you wrote it off on your first viewing, I suggest giving it a shot. But it still has women in it, right? Uh, I mean, the woman. There's a female lead, but she has a reduced role because they're giving so many other uh, side characters more time. Okay. Are some of those people women? Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess there's a, the general of the re- the resistance is a woman. Oh, Princess Leia. And she has... But she's okay because I've seen her in a bikini. Are there other, like, new women? Yeah, she's got, like, ah, a, no. like a, I don't know, a lieutenant blow her. No, She no, was no, in no, Jurassic no. Park, though, so that's cool. Is she hot? I guess, yeah. All right, maybe. She has purple hair. Does it have but a... those are the only three women in the movie, right? Um, No, no, there's an Asian girl. God damn it. No, I'm out. I'm out. Fuck it. <laughs> You're the worst Does it have corner old... of the internet right now. Does it have an old man in it that willingly goes on an adventure because he doesn't have things that old men really do, like grief, loss, and regret? You're talking about Snoke? No. No, he's talking about... The answer is no. It doesn't. It has it has a man who is full of grief and regret. Oh, that sucks. Old yeah. men should just be willing to kill themselves, like for adventure. They should have whatnot. nothing going on. They've lived mm-hmm. perfect lives. Um, then I'll rewatch The Shape of Water. Um, cool. Yeah. Still good. Still a beautiful movie. Yeah. Um, but the main thing that I have not seen yet and have now seen is Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Ooh, mm-hmm. I think it's great. And I watched in the 4DX or MX4D. 40 format the rival of 40x right uh but basically the same thing the seats move and stuff gets thrown in your face and lights go crazy um and the movie's fun it's a lot more character heavy than i expected very very not as many animals fucking their shit up really is that are there any vines that attack people no fuck no this is not jumanji this is not Jumanji. It feels like, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't. It doesn't have like. It's more about the jokes at this point because it's got that cast. Yeah, it's the character. Like a lot of the movie is just the characters responding to things in humorous ways. Jack Black is amazing, playing like a professor, old man professor, and in in. With the guys of the uh, of a sixteen year old girl, right? Um, so playing that dual role is like just so fun to watch. Cool. Him do, um, yeah. All I can say is like the movie's fun. As far as the four four X 
the MX4D. Uh, it almost made me wonder if movies like this are made because of this format. <laughs> because it utilized everything that the technology is supposed to do. Um, is it just that your seat rumbles or does it move some? It uh, it moves a lot. Like, oh, okay. And sometimes at weird times. Like early on in the movie when his mom comes in and the door flies open, they shake the seat on you. <laughs> Um, but it's just shaking or does the, does the seat like tilt or anything? Like when the, there's like a, a vehicle chase in the movie, it's like flying up and down. Like you're bouncing around as you go. Wow. Um, you know, when something like creeps up on them, it's like a little like light vibration oh. in just the seat. Um, the part where like, uh, Kevin Hart, no, who gets thrown off the cliff? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Oh, why am I talking to you? No, um, <laughs> You know, Kevin, uh, Dwayne Johnson gets thrown off the cliff, and then, and then he throws Kevin Hart. But he falls on the dirt. Someone falls in the oh. water, though. Anyway, they fall in the water, and a little mist spray comes out of the seat at you, so it feels like you Ooh. got splashed. Um, uh, one weird thing is, like, early on, there's, like, a cloud of dust, so they shoot smoke out of the screen at you. Like, there's four jets. But then, weirdly, a smoke bomb appears later in the movie, and they don't shoot the smoke out. So it was a mistiming thing. Um, early on, when the the Jumanji game transforms into the video game, uh, you know, there's like a little light show going on in the movie. But then the lights on the side of the the, the room start flashing to go along with it. Wait, is there a scene where the original Jumanji game turns itself into a a video, video game? game? Yeah, because yeah. the guy says like, "Who plays video games anymore?" Or no, who plays board games anymore? Or board games anymore? Yeah. This is fucking lazy. And the game's like, uh, fine, I'll trap you in a video game then. More like who writes scripts anymore. Yeah. Am I right? Tell tell that to their $500 million. I know. It's now the, <laughs> the second they highest grossing shit. Sony film of all time. Yeah. I know. It's making bank. Yeah. It's like number one three weeks in a row. It's and... like The Rock really makes people see movies. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Uh, it's it's kind of dumb in places, but whatever. Yeah. The word it's of mouth like has it, been really good. Yeah. But it is fun. Like I, I wasn't really bored too much. Um, there's just you know dumb things, like uh, Nick Jonas's character. You know, when I did not know who that was until Henry told me at the end of the movie. Like when they, they I didn't know what the Jonas brother looked like. When they get past uh, the thing he's been trying for twenty years to get past, yeah. you know, immediately he gets attacked by the thing that's designed to kill him. It's like, oh, of course, this is happening right now. Like stuff like that. Um, you see a mile away. Um, and then Bobby Can- Can- Cannavale's villain. He's there because they need an adversary, but it's... He needs to eat bugs. Shouldn't yeah. the adversary be, I'm tracked, trapped in a game? Well, yeah. They need like that character like the old hunter in the first one. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, so whatever. Uh, but yeah, the, MX, the MX4D thing is, it's it's cool. But um, like obviously I would have liked to see how The Last Jedi handled it. But yeah, everything in Jumanji like tests what the technology can do. So I'm like, are they just like if this thing takes off, they gonna start just making movies that just has these things in them so they can use them? Um, and then there's some missed opportunities. I forget. There's something with the water that they should have done. Oh, when characters die, they explode. <laughs> I was like, they should totally do a spray of mist so it feels like the Kevin Hart's guts just yes. fell over my face. <laughs> That's really good. Um, but I'm sure someone said it would be too gruesome. Mm. Um, so yeah. Movies for kids. 
Well, cool. That sounds great. Yeah. So the $300 million top 10 of last year for Jumanji, not unjustified. Cool. Yeah. Fun time. Awesome. Good. Is that all? Yes. Zach, what have you been watching? Um, I watched uh, actually a bunch this week, um, but uh, like I won't like dwell too hard on it. Sorry, I want to pull up my list. I know you um, watched Batteries Not Included. You did. Start with that. Batteries oh, Not Included because if you didn't like that. that movie, you have to leave. Okay, so I'll start with Batteries Not Included then because I'm being peer pressured. Um, so you, we um, haven't even started to peer pressure oh, you yet. So let me ask an honest question. Who's the asshole who didn't tell me uh, 15 years ago that I should watch this movie? Because oh, I want God. that fucker found and shot. Yeah, it's great uh, parents, this, I guess. This film. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's your parents, actually. Yeah. Your parents oh. are the problem. Oh, Sorry. Shit. 15 years ago, yeah. Oh, bad news. Oh, patricide mm-hmm. and matricide. Um, <laughs> that's a debate in my head. For later. Um, Don't act like you didn't want to do it. <laughs> we all wow. know. Ooh. We all know about your dark mind. <laughs> um, anyway, we know what's so, really behind Twombly. <laughs> The Connecting secret, those the hidden dots message. requires yeah. very flexible strength. Oh, I'll figure it out. Um, so anyway, yeah, I saw Batteries Not Included, which is um, it's amazing. Like this is it's a great film, and I, I mean, Hume Crone, who I I've seen him in films, but not in color. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jessica Tandy, he's who in I've, Cocoon. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He is in Cocoon. in Cocoon. So never mind. Um, but um, Blue Steel, if you will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but, that's a, um, that's no, a dick uh, joke. But um, the, actually, the ones I remember him from are Lifeboat and Shadow of a Doubt. But um, the um, uh, his wife Jessica Tandy, um, who's his wife in real life too, was his wife in real life. They're both dead guys. Um, which makes it so great when they do that. The, the like the pan by all the shots and like you have these old shots of them young. Yeah, it's actually which them. obviously would now. I mean, that's easy to do nowadays. But like back then, it was cool and it felt genuine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this um, and they're adorable together. So, but yeah, so this film, like, if you don't know the story of Batteries Not Included, um, for listeners who aren't aware, um, it's about this uh, block of um, uh, buildings in New York, like uh, apartment buildings, they're being torn down by a greedy asshole real estate developer. Um, because because as, it's the '80s, and that's what was happening. I mean, I could apply it to today because all yeah, businessmen are assholes. Yeah. But um, the uh, <laughs> Yeah, fight me. Um, the uh, oh, I love, you no, want to make Brett, money? You're an asshole. Um, <laughs> Brett, Brett said, "Fuck the past." <laughs> um, so, but uh, no, I, I mean, I mean, you know, they're real estate developers, wave of the future and whatnot. But they're down to one last building, and this building is inhabited by an eclectic group of people, which include an elderly couple, um, a heavyweight boxer who speaks in only commercialese, um, a <gasps> uh, a pregnant woman who's boyfriend is a traveling musician who really doesn't give a shit um and an artist who uh is painting but is also a sardonic cynical asshole um and uh they're being inter uh, or um intimidated. intimidated by um uh, a, th- a hooligan thug and uh his band Bobby. of misfits <laughs> well oh, oh god so anyway but it's but so, so everything everything looks like like shit creek for them and then one night, these robot this this robot man and this robot woman who look like robot spaceships fly in through the window and start fixing everything, and uh, they fix everything from their apartments to the cafe that's down below on the ground level. Because at the biggest, they're about the size of like a frisbee, roughly. Yeah, you know, like, like a you big have to, frisbee. You have to imagine these are these are spaceship aliens who are tiny. And I mean, I mean, you get a little. I love that they give you a tiny glimpse, but they don't show you too much of how it works. Yeah, I like know. it's a clear. Dude, there's a scene where they have sex. 
Well, no, no, no. Like before that, though, they're trying to look inside of it, and they can kind of see like lights moving in around in it. But then yeah. it slaps them with a GE. Oh, it's like I, an, I see. What it's like saying, in Men yeah. in Black when the the little uh, the cat collar like the little the sphere inside has yes. is housing millions and millions of galaxies in itself yeah. yeah this is like there's a city of aliens inside the spaceships yeah right so anyway but um so uh they're trying to help them fix their lives and repair their stuff and what amazes me about this film is that like so there's a couple factors one is is that it is ultimately a human drama wrapped as a sci-fi film yep. uh, which makes perfect sense why it was an amazing stories episode before it became a feature film um, which was the original idea was from Mick Garris, uh, director of Psycho Four and uh, producer on many uh, different horror films. So, That's cool. Um, but he's worked with Spielberg, like he worked in the Amblin offices for years, I guess, as a publicist. Hmm. Um, but anyway, and then um, it shot beautifully too. And uh, the I saw this on on my HD TV on Netflix, and it doesn't stream in HD, but I think my TV might be doing something because that movie looked great for a movie from '87. Um, so I don't know if Netflix did something to it or if they got a print that was newer. I think that um, movie just holds up really well. It does. The special, effects, seen, I mean, the special effects look great uh, for the most part. Like, there are places where I can see the lines, but, yeah. like, it doesn't matter. It's it, I, I'm going in knowing that. Um, and, um, the, oh, and yeah, the when, mo- the, oh. When, they're, when they're on the grill is especially bad, as I remember. Um, even as a kid on VHS, I was like, I can tell. That and when they're on his uh, painting t- or his paint table. Yes. Um, that they do look like it's, you can see that there's no like footing for yeah. their le- robot legs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think I, actually it's funny cause Jessica Tandy, she was in driving this Daisy the year after this or two years after this. Yeah. It's 89. She's in, I would, she's in, she's in um, fried green tomatoes right around here as well. Yeah. I would argue this performance deserves an Oscar over driving Miss Daisy. Like this is way more complex. Yeah. She's killing it. Um, and, um, Hugh Cronin, like I said, They're really good. Amazing. Cause even those, then those scenes where like, he's trying to like console her and, and remind her that what she thinks is real, isn't real. Like, those scenes are just heartbreaking, and yeah. you, I mean, I I mean, it's it's a rough it's a rough movie that involves robots, in yeah. its in its plot. So, it's amazing, but and it also falls into the category, even though it's like, in the same way, Shape of Water brings a group of uh, misfits together or underappreciated people in society together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it also falls into the category of one of my favorite things, which I call geezer exploitation, which. <laughs> It, uh, which brings you old people and makes you watch them for two hours, and it's great. Like it's so like because guess what, guys? Like life ends eventually, and it's probable storytelling fodder. Uh, but this, I mean, like I said, this works. It, I I I want to find a way to take Radio Days out of my number two slot from 1987 and put this in there instead now. Yep, because I, especially now in the environment we live in, but just, yeah. God. But anyway, so so yeah, I saw batteries not included. Um, I watched a couple documentaries this week. I'll go through them really quickly because I'm not going to go through each one. Um, I saw I Am Chris Farley and I Am Sam Kennison, which are part of a series um, on Spike of biography documentaries and whatnot. Are they sequels to I Am Sam? No, they're not. <laughs> See? What I did there? See, the crickets is there. Is okay, there. keep going. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, so I am Chris Farley, which Ryan saw two years ago, and it's great. It's wonderful. Like, you get a better appreciation for for Farley, and, like, being that I was not really, like, aware of his, like, goings-on when he died, like, to understand, like, 
that he got he got SNL taken away from him at one point because of his behavior and whatnot. Like mm-hmm. it's it's that detrimental. Um, so it's good. Um, the I am Sam Kinison one is interesting because like if you haven't heard Sam Kinison's stand up before, he is he was a b- gate breaker. Like he broke open the gate of what's acceptable. Him and Bill Hicks, um, mm-hmm. arguably. Um, I mean, I like Hicks more than Kinison, but they're both really good. Yeah, they're both like comedians, comedians. But yeah, and and here's the thing though, like there was a point brought up on an article on Uprocks that made sense, which is it seems very odd that that documentary aired around the time that we started getting all the Me Too stories and stuff, because Kinison, as funny as he was, was an incredible misogynist, mm. <laughs> an extreme misogynist. Wow. Doesn't mean he wasn't funny. It's just that he he his his past and his actions up till his death just like lay out all the evidence for it. Mm. Um, like, you know, and it just, it's interesting though, but he was like, I didn't know this. He was an, he was an ordained minister, um, prior to going into comedy. Wow. Um, on the evangelical circuit. So like, that's pretty interesting to me. Um, but the doc itself is pretty good. They could do some animated sequences to, uh, narrate his life and whatnot. It's pretty good. And I still love the bit where he's talking about like uh, world hunger and how you solve it. And <laughs> have you ever heard that bit? No. He's, he's like, "Hey, hey, you want food? Okay, we didn't bring you food this time. We brought you a U-Haul and some packing bags and some suitcases. We're gonna take you to where the food is." <laughs> and then he starts yelling like, "There's no food here!" <laughs> it's so un-PC, but it's so funny. Yeah. Um. But so yeah. Um. I uh the other docs were I saw a bunch of Alex Gibney stuff um Taxi to the, Dar- to the Dark Side which was his Oscar win which is about torture in I- um in Iraq and Afghanistan and Abu Ghraib and whatnot uh it's great we should probably stop torturing people um no oh, uh, yeah I yeah. would say so we should probably also get rid of that Bush guy or whatever I don't know anyway. yeah 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 we should definitely get Bush out of office yeah um we steal secrets the WikiLeaks story um which out of all the ones I watched was the most interesting because it takes that particular story and doesn't necessarily ask you to pick a side it like it just tells you like look yeah it's important to release information but it doesn't mean julian assange isn't an asshole um or whatever i don't know like i don't have a stake in this story i just i was fascinated by it because i knew nothing about wikileaks um uh zero day which is about the stuxnet virus and uh uh it's pretty good it it kind of plays out like a cold like an espionage thriller to a degree um, but if you didn't know anything about the Stuxnet virus, now you know. And yeah, cyber warfare should probably be um, moderated More and more pol- Maybe it should be maybe should, policy should be put in place for that. I don't know. Um, so yeah, like those were the docs that I saw. Um, pretty good um, overall. Um, on the narrative front, though, um, I rewatched The Strangers, um, and mm. it's still good. Still holds up. Um, solid film. Um, I saw Black Coat's Daughter, which is from Ryan's oh, list yeah, last year. I watch. Um, so it's really good, and you would like it. Cool. I don't know if you'd like it for the reasons that Ryan might think you might like it, but I'm going off of what I know about you, as opposed to he may know you better because he doesn't know in, me in very well. Yeah. Well, right. no, no, no. I don't know. I, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I no, think, I heard. I hear what you're putting down. <laughs> viewpoints are different, but so it's a, it's an amazing film about like, and it's he's right. You should not tell you. You should not know any more than it's about a girl, two girls who get stuck. Um, right now, I don't know anything. So it's about is that better? The 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 big the, the the pitch is it's two girls are stuck in a all girls boarding school over the winter break due to heavy snow in the uh, in the East Coast. Sure, 
And um, that's all you really need to know. It'll take you where it needs to go from there. Like from the beginning, you're being thrusted into something. So, cool. um, but it's directed by Osgood Perkins, the guy who uh, also did the pretty thing who lives in the house on Netflix, and um, also is Anthony Perkins' son. So, cool. He's got some horror pedigree in him already. Um, I got a bunch of Shout Factory or Scream Factory releases from. Uh, uh, second spin before they closed, um, new and in box, so um, in slipcovers. So I picked those out. Um, first up was Village of the Damned by John Carpenter from 1995. Right. Um, so, have you ever watched this film? Nope. I I hadn't seen it in probably ten years, but <laughs> it's, if you don't know Village of the Damned, it's about children who are possessed by either aliens or the devil or whatever. But they 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 essentially like they use powers to force adults to kill themselves if they are angered by them. Um, but this one, so it stars Christopher Reeve and it's the movie before his accident. Um, so he's walking around in it. He is walking around in it. Superman, Superman decides that he wants to become a doctor instead after fighting a nuclear man from Superman four. Um, so he gets married, settles down and then there's a mysterious blackout that causes everybody to faint. And then when they all wake up, all the women are pregnant. Um, uh, and yeah, yeah. R- rape town. <laughs> we went to rape town. Uh, <laughs> Christie Alley is trying to investigate it the whole time. Um, so I like Christie Alley, yeah, cause she works for the government. Um, it's interesting. She's she's pretty good. Um, you know, I was just like, wow, I'm glad that Savick was able to find something else to do other than hang on in Vulcan. Um, and uh, so yeah, they're they're everybody. All the women give birth to these babies. They turn out to be like alien babies that are you know like have thought control powers and ability to read minds and whatnot and among the citizens in the town is uh mark hamill he plays a priest who uh gets very angry and decides that he doesn't like children who can bully him around so he's gonna shoot them but the children see him and he turns what this has been what uh what brad has been proposing here for years (laughs) especially every episode where kellen comes around uh, and tries to touch Brad. Wait, um, what happened? So nothing. Go ahead. W- among the things that happen in the film is uh, Mark Hamill. G- Mark Hamill gets angry at the children being able to possess everybody, and so he, uh, at one point, he's trying to sniper them down. As but well the children he should. should. They are the, possessing people. But the children see him, turn around, and force Mark Hamill to shoot himself in the face. Oh, it's no. the opposite of the Last Jedi when Luke Skywalker Spoilers. tried to kill Spoilers. Kylo Ren. Spoilers. <laughs> okay. They've seen it at this point, and they're already angry anyway. No, they haven't. It's got women in it. They're not going. <laughs> they might be Chinese. They don't even have the movie there. Um, I just thought it was interesting that Mark Hamill traded in one phony religion for another phony religion. Anyway, um, so but despite the fact that it's all over the place, uh, it's shot beautifully, uh, and the performances are good. It's just that it's there. It's misedited. Like the studio butchered this movie clearly. Mm. Um, and so as a result, things are missing and there are a bunch of plot holes. Interesting. Um, but it's fascinating. Like there's a great moment where, uh, the alien children are trying to find out what Christopher Reeve wants them to do in terms of like how he wants them to act. And he gets, gets really angry and goes, you need to feel, you need to feel emotions. <laughs> and it's like, I wish I could like get a, grab that YouTube clip and make it a gif. Like you need to feel. <laughs> it's it'll, really, fun. it'll be the new, um, uh, what's the Mountains of Madness one? 
Um, oh, this is not reality. This is not reality. <laughs> in the mouth of madness. Yeah, yeah, in the mouth of madness, which you still need to see. I do. At some point. Um, so yeah. Um, and there was a documentary on the making of it, and it was really interesting. Um, like fifty minutes, solid. So yeah. Um, the other Scream Factory was Carrie, uh, from nineteen seventy six. Um, Sissy Spacek. Movie's still good. That print looks amazing. Um, not really much to talk about Carrie except cool. uh, don't uh, dump pig's blood on people, guys. People are people too. And some of them have telekinetic powers. If anything, find out who their religious zealot parents are and beat them. Beat that parent with a stick because they're a religious zealot. Um, and then the other one was Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, um, which had a 2K restoration on an HD scan. And that movie looks incredible in uh, HD. Like, the colors are vibrant as shit. Because that movie is not as gritty as the first Texas Chainsaw. Hmm. Um, and also it's obviously it's not as scary cause it's a black comedy. It's not really a horror movie. Yeah. Um, but it, it still holds up pretty well. Um, the, uh, uh, Dennis Hopper character is like, I keep forgetting how insane he was in that movie. Um, so yeah, the, those are fun. Um, I checked those out and then the last thing that I saw was like, I got a bug up my ass to watch Seabiscuit again, um, Sure. which is, uh, the biopic from 2003, um, and I was with able Spider-Man to Spider Man in it. Yeah, with Spider Man in it, and um, Obadiah Stane and um, uh, Norman Osborn from the reboot series. Wow! Um, and they team up with um, Miri from Zack and Mary Make a Porno to buy a racehorse. And um, uh, but yeah, no. So it's it's the story of Seabiscuit. He was a horse that ran races. Um, I think it still holds up. The there's a framing device in the narrative that's interesting because it does half like normal narrative and then there's portions of the film that are narrated like a Ken Burns documentary with I think the uh, I, the actual Ken Burns narrator. Hmm. <coughs> so um like they, they you know it it still works it's still inspiring still like holds up in every way and like it's 15 years old and I was like god it's amazing that this film still holds up and I looked at the credits and sure enough Frank Marshall Kathleen Kennedy as producer so I'm like ah that makes sense. Gotcha. It's almost as if though these guys are good at making shit. Yeah. Um. And I for, thought for some reason William H Macy was nominated for an Oscar for supporting actor for this movie. No, it was just a Golden Globe, and I know why now. I built this role up as a when I was a kid because he essentially plays the racetrack announcer slash radio host. Mm-hmm. So he's in a radio booth of his own making and whatnot, doing his own sound effects and whatnot in front of a microphone. Yeah. And I remember that role being a lot more substantial than it is. It's not substantial. It's it's entertaining and it's wonderful, but it's not essential to the story at all. Sure. The Golden Globes just gave him that nomination because he's William H Macy. The Golden Globes do whatever the fuck they wanted to. No. Um. So yeah, like I, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, <laughs> it's it, it's I don't think it deserves a nom. It's it's great for me, but I don't know who else is gonna relate to it. <laughs> sure. So yeah, but yeah, that's all I watched this week. Cool. Yeah. That was a lot of shit. Sorry, I needed to. Very good. Uh, I only saw a couple of things. I um, had a chance to watch Paddington 1, uh, which was essential to this week's viewing. Um, I actually watched it right before I got up and left to go see Paddington 2. Um, and Are you indoctrinated into the bear cult now? Well, I mean, I don't want to totally spoil everything about our, our review here in a minute either, but, man, Paddington 1's really good. Um, and super adorable. And like, you very quickly understand like, Oh, this is a fun time. And this character is just fun to be around. And yeah, the movie is only about an hour and a half long. So it's not like it, 
it super <laughs> overstays its welcome. Um, but did remind me a lot of like a a Adventures of Tintin sort of like oh we've just got like these these funny little adventures and some little comedic things that happen along the way and like it's not a big action movie like like Tintin is in this case it's just like a fun little family uh, family adventure film sort of um, family family paper. comedy <laughs> um, but at the same time like also made me appreciate a lot of the movies like that that we we just don't get as many. Uh, as we used to, um, things like batteries not included, for example, mm-hmm. um, that you know are are just charming as fuck. And you watch them, and you go like, "Man, this movie is almost perfect." Like, there's there's maybe two or three scenes in that first one where I'm like, "Yeah, it was a little corny," or you know, the the Nicole Kidman in the first one is sort of like shoehorned in because we eventually need some kind of conclusion, and even her dismissal from the film is equally like uh sort of slapdash where it's just like uh, somebody opens the door and you fall now we win uh is it, or was, is it charming it was a very like end of the lord of the rings the book and not the movie like anticlimactic like oops the bad guy tripped um but at the same time like that's okay because that's sort of what what paddington is um, it's just incredibly lovable, and I I now totally understand why uh, why Henry enjoys it so much. And maybe maybe it would it would be good for anybody who's like, what is this Paddington thing? Especially leading into the review we're about to do. I'll I will I will give me one moment. I will sum up. Um, Paddington. It basically tells the story. It starts with like tape in the fifties or whatever of this explorer who goes to darkest Peru, um, and. Uh, he, he's looking for different animals and he comes across these Peruvian bears, uh, and they're like wicked smart and they live up in the trees in these cool houses that they build. You have to be smart when you live in the darkest Peru. Yes. The darkest Peru. Are they wicked smart? They're wicked. They're wicked smart. And they, there's fucking bears here. They're fucking wicked smart. We're listening to Ben Affleck narrate Paddington. And they, they learn how to speak, uh, Boston style English pretty quickly. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, uh, British English pretty quickly, Mamalade. uh, with thick marmalade, marmalade, uh, how you, how like them marmalades. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then they also learn to really love marmalade sandwiches. And hey, ma, we're all out of the marmalade. <laughs> I can't watch my hockey without the marmalade. And, uh, Mr. So, Brown, get down here. <laughs> so the movie starts and, uh, Paddington's uncle dies, but like kind of off screen and quick. And so God killed him, man. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, well, oh, his, his, his aunt is like, Hey, I'm gonna go to the retirement home. I'm tired of living in the trees. So I'm gonna send you to London and you can have an adventure kid. So she sends him to London because, of course, they've always been told that, like, London is this magical, wonderful place where everybody's really friendly. And it's a very post-World War II vision of London where, like, if you're at a train station and you need help, like, someone will take you in. Oh, God, that and, made me cry. <laughs> um, and, of course, he gets to London and, like, modern London is not the same. And not everybody is friendly. And the whole, especially the whole first movie, really becomes sort of this story about, you know, immigration and allowing people who who need your help into your home and trusting them because they're in need. Um, and that whole underline I think is really touching and well done in a way that like you're absolutely like, 
doing a, a good, responsible job of teaching this lesson to children to be inclusive of people who are different from you. And, and the idea that, like, you know, the boundaries of family are are a circle that is made of a dotted line and that that can can fluctuate and change. Um, I think everybody in the movie is really fantastic, especially the kids, I think, are actually really funny and, like, do their... Even though their roles are very, like, like archetypal, you've seen it before, like... I'm the teenage girl and all I want to do is text on my phone and make snarky comments until like a third of the way into the movie when she actually opens up and is like friends with, with Paddington and it's a pretty simple little transition, but like still pretty good. Um, like all of that stuff is just really well done and it, it, it is very straightforward in what it's trying to do, which kind of makes it charming because it's just like, Hey, this is what happens next and you're either going to take it or you're not. And the stakes are always really low. So it doesn't matter. Like the, the, the high, I mean, yes, there are the stakes of like, Hey, this woman, she wants to maybe kill Paddington. But like that part, you know, isn't that important. The real stakes are like, Hey, he needs friends. And so most of the movie is about him doing silly things to, to maybe have to maybe get friends or maybe ruin getting friends or whatever. Um, and it's just charming as fuck. You should totally check it out. So anyway, uh, I also got a chance to see, I got a chance to rewatch it. Um, (laughs) The film it, not just it, but yeah, uh, I rewatched that. That's still good. Um, you know, that performance with the clown is still good. Um, and then, uh, man, still, wa- still watching a lot of comedians in cars getting coffee. And then there's something else that I've been re- uh, watching through, but I can't remember. So I'll probably talk about it later. Oh, oh, just because of Jessica Tandy, I did watch like the last third I, while I was in Miami, uh, and I, when I finally got home, I turned on the TV in the, in the hotel room and was about to go to bed and was like, I'll just watch something for a little while. And all the channels I thought were in Spanish. Like I kept going to channels and thinking they were in Spanish, like, like, uh, back to the future three was on and I was like, ah, sweet. And then it was in Spanish. And I was like, ah, shit. Even though I know every line that's being said, but I'm like, well, that's less entertaining. So I changed the channel and it's in Spanish and I changed the channel and it's in Spanish. And then I realized the TV is set to Spanish. <laughs> And then I find Fried Green Tomatoes, and I watch the last third of Fried Green, green Tomatoes, uh, which has Jess, Jessica Tandy in it. Uh, and if you've never seen that movie, you should totally see that movie because it's fucking amazing. Um, like, Fried Green Tomatoes is a great, really great film. Um, that was a film that was sold to me as, like, Zach, it's it's girls' night to choose the movie tonight, and we're going to watch Fried Green Tomatoes. And I was like, this is going to suck. And then by the movie, time the movie was over, I was like, that wasn't bad at all. No, I mean, it's like, it, honestly... I, it's kind of like Steel Magnolias, where like Steel Magnolias totally a women film, not a chick flick, not even close. Don't try to bring your chick flick titles around my awesome lady films. Um, you hear that ugly truth in every Katherine Heigl movie, <laughs> right? You hear that Katherine Heigl? <laughs> Stay away from my lady films. Um, I'm but to uh, sand. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're awesome, solid films that I will watch anytime they are on. Um, just because they are entirely starring and about women doesn't make them any less valuable. Fucking Star Wars fans. Um, I mean, they're they're incredible yeah, films. You. Yeah, yeah. Go fuck yourself. Um, anyways, um, yeah. Hey, you know what you should have done while you were down there? What? Take a drive up to Orlando and saw something in 40X because they have a 40X theater in Orlando. I would, have loved to. I would have loved to have not been working for 16 hours a day. Um, but yeah. No, I agree. I I had one little window where I had about 10 minutes uh, where I was just on my own and I walked outside because my hotel was 
it was on the intercoastal, but it was just close enough to the beach that it was like a five minute walk to get to a pretty shitty like garbage beach with that was mostly rocks and a piece of driftwood. And I stood on that and 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 contemplated suicide. <laughs> carefully, <laughs> if I just walk into the ocean, it'll just take me away. Yeah, carefully. Yeah, I could I could don draper this shit right now. Uh, carefully reach out. I don't have to pay for the wedding if I just sink into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like I like I like ET'd the water where I just like reached out and touched it with my finger. I was like, "Yep, I saw it." And then it was it was cold. It was like forty four degrees specifically in Miami. Uh, which was pretty cold for, you know, Well, it snowed there not too long ago. It snowed in Miami? Or Tallahassee or something. No, that was the cocaine, dude. No, I, 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 you know, Obama promised me global warming. I don't understand. Tom Cruise's cocaine plane opened up over (laughs) Florida and it just, all that snow was actually just a blanket of cocaine. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it snows in Florida Jessica Tandy, pretty great. Yeah. So Jessica Tandy did not do cocaine, by the way, guys. We just want to make that clear in case Jessica, you did. Two in your head. Jessica but, Tandy's nose candy. By the, by, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> by the time she was old, she should have done some cocaine. Like, have some fun. You know? It's a label on the cocaine. Yep. Like a granny. <laughs> Copyright. We all, on this podcast. I was going to say, we all need to get into making drugs. We would be way better at naming drugs. <laughs> yeah, we can drug market them way are. better. Like, I know. Like, real drug dealers are all secretive yeah, and shit. You know we'll what's put really it on gonna, the counter at CVS. And you know what's really going to make Wall Street execs uh, want to <laughs> do more cocaine? Jessica Tandy's face. Yeah. <laughs> We're Just really like good. Just grandma used to make. We're really good at marketing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that's everything. Whatever. I remember something I forgot I watched. Great. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I saw Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Yeah, me too. Really? Yeah, a long time ago. It was good. <laughs> So, it's one of the better odd Well, I watched it at the Alamo for one of those Rift Tracks things. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, that movie mo- shouldn't be Rift Tracks. It's not the worst. It's it's probably the best odd numbered they original have Star Trek. They have Rift it. <laughs> Jokes yeah. on you. Uh, and it's the Mile High. Fuck, what do they call themselves? Mile High Rose. Mile Rose. High Sci Fi. Mile High Sci Fi, yeah. Um, they did an okay job. I'm, I'm sitting there going, like, this is serious, and you guys are making fun of it. <laughs> Yeah, that movie's pretty decent. The, some of the main jokes son. were like, look at how many jackets they have. And it's true. There's a part that I never noticed where Chekhov, they're standing on the bridge after they've just stolen it. Yeah. And Chekhov, ha- Chekhov has this pink like onesie, and then it has this little white collar. And then, like, I don't know, a couple shots later, he's behind his console, and that collar just disappeared. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. All the coats and wardrobe Probably. are all over the place in this movie. It got cut off by a laser. There was yeah. a What terrible... does Krug say to Marty McFly? They did play... The Klingons! They did play the Back to the Future theme <laughs> oh, <laughs> instead yeah? of the James Horner score um, and Star Wars themes periodically. <laughs> uh, but I only tell it because I'm so proud of myself because they asked for someone to do trivia. Yeah. And I was like... <gasps> before they even finished, I was like, I'm doing it. Yeah. He's like, okay, you look like you want to do it. Come on up. And they asked me, okay, this is your trivia question. No, we're gonna. We have a list of things. You have to tell if, it, if it's Whales. if it's a Star Trek planet or a Star Wars planet. Oh, this is great! And he goes Tatooine. Are you fucking serious? And I was like Star Wars, and then the next guy, I forgot what he got, but he got it wrong. It was like game over. Brad wins. Wow, you yeah. won with Tatooine. I won with Tatooine. That's terrible. And then he's like, just for fun, let's go off the rest of the list. And I nailed like eight out of ten. Nice. Um. But there were no stakes at that point. What were some of the other ones, that, if you can remember? Um, Coruscant. Geonosis. Geonosis, sure. Coruscant wasn't one of them. Um, 
Set to Alpha 5? Genesis? Basically, like, I, I guess I know more Star Wars planets. So if I, if it didn't right. sound like a Star Wars planet, I just said Star, Star Trek. Planet, you thought it was yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. So it was pretty easy. I was going to make the same comment. That I'm their like, planet, where do they make Tranya? Yeah, like, uh, Earth is in Star Trek. Um, yeah, Ryza. Yeah. That's a planet that's always referenced. Which 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 one? Uh, Kronos wasn't in there. Romulus and Remus weren't in there. Klingon planet? Kronos. City Alpha 6. Oh, yeah, it's Kronos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. City um, Alpha... Yeah, five, uh, six, Borg, or seven. Borg cube. <laughs> There's no Borg homeworld planet. There's it's not. a cube. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the Andorian planet is. Andorra. Franginar. That's the Frangi planet. Franginar. Yeah. yeah. See, any of those would have been really obvious. But they never named those, so it was like yeah, Earth with whales. Kashyyyk. Yeah, Star Wars. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whale probe planet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Naboo. Yeah, Naboo. Yeah, so Veger. it wasn't hard. <laughs> Veger's not a planet. And also no one else but me and that other guy wanted to do the trivia, so it was really easy for well, me to good win. Job. But I win? still won, and I got two tickets to the Alamo. Cool. <laughs> and a, another Star Wars glass. I have like a dozen free Alamo tickets, but none of them work online. Like the codes are not the 14-digit codes. They're other codes, either they're older or whatever. Um, so I can't use any of them Lame. unless I go in. I know it's terrible. I keep thinking I should take them all in and be like, hey, would you just swap these out for ones I can use online? Like, I'll just shred the rest of these ones. But like, yeah, because I get them all the time. I've actually had people pay me back in free passes. Like, I'll buy them a ticket and they pay me back in a free pass, which is great. But I can't use it. Anyway, first world problems. Yeah. And I got I got another white side Star Wars glass. Oh, cool. I... That, like the other guy got the dark side one. It's like I already have two light side glasses. Yeah. <laughs> so it would have been nice to have a dark side one to Oh shoot. Two complete sets, but I don't know. Maybe we'll give it away at uh, our booth this year. Maybe. Yeah. So I have an excess of them. Alright, this week we went and saw Paddington two. This feels like a three hour show. Is it a three hour show? No, but I'm getting really tired. Okay. One forty eight. Yeah. Um this week we went and saw Paddington 2. Zach, should people see Paddington 2? As much as Paddington was the Batman Begins of children's movies, Paddington 2 is the Dark Knight of children's movies. Um, it's really fucking good, and it's earned its 100%. I dare say I liked it even more than the first one. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just it's a fucking bucket of charm and wonderful heartwarmingness. I took my mom to the movie and my mom and I were like having so much fun and just enjoying it. Cause she likes bears. And so she got to see a bear walking around and doing funny stuff. And I got to watch Hugh Grant be, well, we'll talk Hugh about Grant. it. I think that might be my favorite Hugh Grant movie too. Sure. <laughs> I think that's fair. So yeah, that, go see it. Brad, should people go see Paddington too? All right. So sorry, Henry, but I'm going to be the asshole and tell people not to see this movie. Yeah. If they want to have their hearts melted. Nah. Or don't want to have their hearts melted. Yeah, if they melted. don't want to have their hearts melted. Fuck, I suck yeah. at negatives. You did great. You want, you want to do it again and then you can just re-edit it? All right, here we go. Actually, uh, sorry, Henry. I'm going to be the asshole on this one and tell people not to go see Paddington 2 um, if they don't want to have their hearts melted. Because <laughs> um, this movie is adorable. for a second. Um, it is uh slightly better than the first because i think they integrate the villain into the plot better yeah um but other than that it's just a charming charming as hell like it's a fun paddington is a cgi character that feels like he has life behind his eyes um it's definitely uh we're seeing yeah yeah uh yeah this movie's perfect um like straight just this movie is perfect um where where the first one had a couple of little things where i'm like 
that was silly or that wasn't great. This movie's just perfect. Um, like everything about it is as tight as it can be. Everything is as charming as it can possibly be. Like it's perfect. Um, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, I think it's really funny. I think the bear is unbelievably charming. I cried so hard at the end, but for the most beautiful, wonderful reasons, like it's a happy, good cry. Um, yeah, everyone should see this movie. You should take your kids to this movie. That you should rent it and show it to them if 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 that's your 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 jam. Like I'm gonna tell uh my brother and 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 wife er, and uh, uh, sister in law like you guys should take the kid to see this thing. Like it's all great. Um yeah, Paddington two perfect. There, Henry, we said it. Now let the hostages go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, cool. So here's the, here's the trailer for Paddington two. Um, we'll, after that, you know, we'll talk about it some more and, and I don't know that you can spoil this movie too much, but I guess you can, you can, but you know, just be warned. So here's the trailer. Dear aunt Lucy, you sent me to London to find a home. I have a wonderful family. I think you're in great shape for a man your age, Mr. Brown. Ah, thank you, Paddington. Hang on. How old do you think I am? Oh, about 80. I've really got to grips with how things work. Mr. Gruber, come in. I'd like to get my Aunt Lucy a birthday present. How about these rolling shoes? Please, Mr. Gruber, be serious. What's this? This popping book is the only one of its kind, and they want a lot of money for it. I'm going to get a job and buy that book. Hello, window cleaner. Stop! Thief! Cheerio. Where did he go? Hold it right there. Oh, but I'm not the thief. We're rich again. Brown pee, laundry duty. It's only one red sock. What's the worst that can happen? Afternoon, chaps. I want to hear all about the investigation. Paddington is innocent. I'm going to prove it. He's a master of disguise. What? This is breaking and entering. We haven't broken anything. looks for the good in all of us and somehow he finds it if we're kind and polite the world will be right oh my god he's so cute much like Nicole Kidman was the Raz al Ghul to Paddington. Yes. You're, 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 Hugh Grant is pure anarchy and therefore the Joker to Paddington. Your analogies <laughs> are, are just really on point today. Um, Does Hugh Grant walk into a room <laughs> unannounced and then proceed to stab a pencil into someone's eye? In Funny enough, too? yes. Did actually. I sleep through that part? Yeah, in, that in, happened. In, 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 in his own way. Yeah. Did, um, in the climax of the movie, give Paddington a choice between saving one ship of people or another ship of people no but do you know what hugh grant did 
I put on a dog costume and ate dog food. And that's all I fucking needed. Uh, I think the scenes with him alone in his attic oh my with God, all the costumes incredible. are yeah. great. Like, he pulls that shit off so well. I was like, he's what like, movie is no, he in? Because like, like, oh, he's, he's in the movie, obviously. But it looks like it's like, if we took this and put it in like a... Its own story, it would work. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a really great villain, um, yeah. and even his his plot arc itself is like very similar to the first Paddington, where it's like, oh, his ancestor. Um, I think it's part of why it reminds me of Tintin because it has a similar villain structure of like, oh, his ancestor knew about this thing and lost a bunch of money, and he's you know in a pinch and needs more money, so he's gonna try and he wants this book. So that that way, you know, he can he can get the gold. But the the main plot of Paddington wanting just to give his aunt this really sweet pop up book because she's been so great. To, like that opening scene that endears you to like all three of the bears so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of nice that this one doesn't have one of the bears die in it. So that makes this movie <laughs> better too. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it was off screen in the first movie, right. um, the like. Like that seems so great, but the fact that he wants he just wants to give her a really nice birthday present and <laughs> and he's found this thing. So like part of the adventure is just him taking odd jobs and goofing around to try and make money. And it's incredible. He it's watches so much windows fun. like a motherfucker, man. I, I we were talking about it at, at work today. Like I think that scene with the water bucket is a perfectly timed, really well done little like Old timey fifties slapstick comedy it goof. It does remind you of like, like a Buster Keaton or a Harold yeah. Lloyd. Well, there's even it. there's even a moment where they reference um, Chaplin because he gets the soot. And it, I I will admit, it first happened. I was like, was that a Hitler joke? And then I was like, oh no, that was supposed to be Chaplin. Well, yeah, but cause okay, because like, right before it, he goes he through the doing, gears. Yeah, he was the doing the modern times. Yeah, modern thing. times. Yeah. exactly. Um, but Which it I took tur- me a second. My mom went turned to me. I was like, is that Chaplin? I'm like, yep. <laughs> um, and I, and even, it's awesome. Even watching that, I was like, "Oh, they're doing modern times." And then they did the mustache, and I went, "Oh, Hitler!" Wait, what? <laughs> um, but it was great. I was wondering early on, like, why didn't he just ask the family to get a ticket for his uh, aunt to come to London? So by the end of the movie, I was going like, "If this just ends with him getting the book to her, like, that's like, oh yeah." So I'm so glad it ended with like the obvious thing of like, yeah, they should just get her to come. Well, London. but I think a ticket to get a bear from Darkest Africa is a lot more expensive than $1,000. Is it? Probably. You gotta, when, you gotta, how much would you charge somebody to bring a bear on your plane? <laughs> but it's a 100-year-old bear. If you're gonna, you to think you ever asked that question? Let me, let me tell you, Brad. If you can get the price down to under $1,000, I think we can revoli- revolutionize the bear transportation business. Uh, All right. I'm on it. <laughs> I'll, I'll crunch some numbers and I'll get back to you. All right, I'll get us the LLC mm, because prepare. we are definitely a limited liability company. <laughs> I'll prepare the business plan and start our marketing campaign. Yeah, <laughs> start oh, tweeting. Um, no, it, yeah. it's, it's great. And also the so I mean at this point he goes to prison. Like after like <laughs> okay, so well a backup. No, no it's just the way, you, way the way you said that sounded so much more dire. <laughs> no. And then he goes to prison. He's on death row. He does a terrible job at window washing and. A, Send him to prison. No, uh, some a homeless a homeless man busts into the antique shop, and Paddington's like, "Oh no, you didn't!" In his proper Britishness, which, and runs in to chase the guy, which and then the parallels cops think the it was first him. one when he did catch a criminal. True. Yep. Yeah. 
So this um, shows that even the mightiest of bears can fail, so in much the, like a Batman. <laughs> in, the, in the next one, they should like they should decide that he's really good at catching criminals and like make him make him like the Bat the bear. neighborhood watch guy, uh, and I'm then just... and then he's trying to solve a mystery. <gasps> I don't think Peter Capaldi will allow it. Ah, yeah, he's back. Well, and... Peter Capaldi could be the villain. There could be three films to set up a, the Peter Capaldi as a villain. But I want... Which, even though I feel like in the, by the end of the first one, Peter Cavaldi had kind of come around. So in this one, where all of a sudden he was mean again, I was like, oh. He's just a dick. Like, yeah. he's not going to stop being a dick just because he had feelings for the bear at one point. I guess so. Um, but yeah, like, so yeah, it, just, it, shows, it shows he can fail, like, any uh, bear with good intentions or any Batman with good intentions. Well, he does a pretty bang-up job until the guy magics away. Yeah, it's like, true. If if not for uh, his magical powers, he that was a funny fun. line when like she's just like uh, he's just like well he was there and then he just disappeared in a cloud of smoke. You no, know, she yeah she says it. She <laughs> oh goes, yeah yeah. Did you, and then he disappeared in a cloud of smoke. Actually yes. <laughs> Has Hugh Grant always looked like Ed Helms or no? Is that just old age. No. I think as he gets older, he looks more and more like Ed Helms. Yeah. Yes. Um, good. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, he looked kind of weird. Um, and then uh, but yeah, so then they put him on trial and. Uh, Richard Adedoy from uh, the Watch movie from a few years back. Did anybody oh, remember that? Yes, right. Yeah, he in the he, IT crowd. Yeah, he um oh. he he shows a diagram of how the robbery probably took place. And yeah, so a couple of cool British cameos in this movie. Yeah, because it also has uh, what's her face from Spaced. Um, <laughs> yes, Spaced. McMaster. Stevenson. Jessica Stevenson. Yes. Yes. Jessica yes. Stevenson. Formerly known as Heinz. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because she and she was also in Toronto Dead. But yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. But l- long story short, they find Paddington guilty. Um, which again, it, it's all set up around a crooked judge. Um, which uh, well, again, he says crooked. He's, it's all circumstantial. He's been. Per- he's been. Uh, um, Paddington fucked up his hair. Hurt by yeah. by Paddington. He thinks Paddington. I mean, the, the judge fair is fair and impartial. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But, you know, just the deck is stacked against him. Right? Justice for Bear. <laughs> In his opinion, he's like, wait, you're that shitty bear who shaved my head improperly, which is a pretty good scene, because they keep, they keep making you think, like, oh, man, like, the, the cord's going to stop, and he's, maybe he's not going to really do it. And, then, and the animation of, of him shaking up and down with the razor is really good. Yeah. Like, it's just adorable. Um, and then that, that last stroke where, like, he, you know, when he unplugs, he trips and hits the thing, and then that that moves the chair and it shaves his head off. And you're like, ah! Like it was just so well done. Yep. Um, but anyway, he goes to prison. Yeah, he goes to prison and um, and befriends everyone. Befriends turns not, the prison into a beautiful place where bedtime stories are read. Turns the heartless cook ah <laughs> onto his side. What a, what by what a Brendan great little Gle- adventure. Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Because he gives I, him a marmalade sandwich. I love the line, like, I don't do nothing for no one. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the really typical good. Bogart line. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I, oh, there was a, when he, when they're, when they're going down for the first, um, lunch that he has before he befriends the cook, hmm? he's like, hi, would you like to start a gardening club? Yeah. And he's just like, how would you like to be put in a deep hole in the ground? <laughs> like, no, thank you. This is a children's movie. Yeah. Again, like. Yeah, but anyway, that like, was about the point where I told Brad this earlier. But that was about the point where I thought the people who made Muppets Most Wanted should be ashamed because this movie is really incredible. It it takes that exact same premise, almost exactly the same. The only thing that's missing is in this case he was just blackmailed. He wasn't 
blackmailed by someone who looked exactly like him. Yeah. Like that's the only difference, but everything else is the same. And I'm like, holy shit! Like even the like doing musicals in the in the prison and all that stuff. Like all of it, this does better. Yeah. Um. So charming. But yeah, and so they. But Paddington at this point, like one of the emotional cruxes is that. You know, he realizes that if he doesn't get his name clear, the Browns might forget him, which, of course, yeah. they never would. No. But, but they're working through, so hard. But through circumstances, they don't show up for one meeting. And Paddington decides he's going to escape with Brendan Gleeson and his gang. Which is that shot. Which reminded me of a Wes Anderson movie in the same yeah. way that the first one had similar Wes Anderson yeah, Grand Budapest Paris. Hotel. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like Paul King or, is... Or Darjeeling Limited. That, that whole thing with, uh, with seeing all of their cells reminded me of the different train cars. In Darjeeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The director and writer of this film, Paul King, is really, really talented. He's like, wow. really good. It's um, fantastic. And then... Um, Wait, you know, director? We what? What? The, the writer and director of Paddington 1 and 2. Yeah, you're right. Paul King. That was another one. Yeah. Well, he co-wrote this second one with um, another writer, much like Christopher Nolan co-wrote <laughs> Dark Knight with his brother Jonathan. Sure. Yes. Um... So yeah, I, so then he 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 escapes and starts trying to well, and the whole time, so the Browns are trying to to figure out this puzzle and for, you know follow all these clues and and Hugh Hugh Grant <laughs> keeps dressing up as different ridiculous characters. And oh, they breaking bring, into places. They bring back that character from the first one who thought Miss Mr. Brown was sexy as a lady. Yes, to think that Hugh as Grant a is sexy. security guard. And, and he, I love how he's just like it was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so I like his face. Like he's just like his expressions. Like he's just got that like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, almost like Spencer Kane if you were British. <laughs> it's so um, but yeah, though. Like and then like, there's an adorable like sequence where they're trying to avoid Hugh Grant in his own house with uh, Sally yes. Hawkins and oh my Hugh goodness, Barnabelle. that was so good. Yeah, I didn't know why. Like I was like, just stay in the attic. Yeah, and then when when oh when when his little feet shuffle. Shuffle behind the couch, and you're like, oh, goodness. Yeah. And he pops up so uh, officially, um, like, oh, I'm here uh, on up, business. All, all, our platinum, all our platinum members get, yes. get a once, uh, once a month With your check. wife? And she's, like, checking the window. <laughs> so good, um, man. And, uh, yeah, and then it all leads to a amazing climax uh, slash train chase sequence. Yes. That is actually real, and it's really well executed in terms of his action and style and whatnot. There is one point where Hugh Grant walking very jaunty, jolly on top of the train looks yes. a little weird, but I let it go because, again, it's a children's movie. Well, and it was so funny because the whole time I'm like, why aren't you running? Like, why aren't you chasing him? Because, sure, like, sure, he can't go any further than the end of the train because trains end. But at the same time, like, how many train movies have you seen, buddy? Like, people find ways off trains all the time. Like, if he gets low enough, he could just duck and roll. Right. You know? So, but, uh, and yeah, and then they have that great sequence and whatnot. And then, um, you know, Paddington gets uh, cleared of any wrongdoing at the end. and Of course, because he's an adorable bear. And, and all things turn out just fine. Yep. And uh, and he gets a little bit of a uh, It's a Wonderful Life ending where... You know he. Oh yeah, because, it does yeah, look like a lot. Like <laughs> yeah, because the the early on, there's all these little things he does for people throughout the day. That you know, even though he goofs up from sometimes and wraps himself in tape and shit like that, um, or or gets his foot stuck in his in a bucket in a pot and his head stuck in a bucket at the same time, um, 
you know, like he does all these nice things for people. And then when he's in jail, there's this great little scene where like the, the bike rider lady is kind of rude now. And like the guy who locks himself out, keeps locking himself out. And like everything's just not quite as nice as it is with Paddington around. Mm-hmm. And then they all show up at the end to be like, Hey, we all pitched in a thousand dollars each to fly a bear all the way to London. Where I assume she's now going to die? Using Brad's delivery the, service. She's, she's got to be in the next movie, right? Because they're not going to fly her back to Peru. Like, you never know. The implication so. is she's old enough that, like, you know, she she wasn't able to fly to London. Or was it just that they didn't have the money? Yeah, it was a one-way ticket. That's all they could afford. So she has to stay there now. I'm fine with that. And then the next movie can be, like, um, Paddington 3. Buppets t- uh, 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 Bears take... London. I'm going to pitch Paddington 3 for you guys right now. Okay? <gasps> I have a better idea, but go ahead. Okay, so um, Paddington retires for eight years from being adorable until a man in a mask shows up and sends him back to Peru into the jungles in order for him to find himself and then rise above does and he save his, London. Does he get his back broken at one point? Let's just say Marmalade gets stuck on his back and he has to find a way to get it off of there. Oh, there you go. Very nice done. Very nice done. And I'm going to go ahead and pitch uh, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the man in the mask villain. Um, Um, Or Tom Hardy, I guess. But I mean, because I guess at this point, Tom Hardy will play anything. Two on the nose. But he'll play anything, like I say. Like. Um, uh, or I, Michael Keaton. Get Michael Keaton to do it. I was he's gonna, good at playing villains. I was going to pitch that a third bear shows up, and then basically um, <laughs> they just get a TV show of Paddington, where in every episode they review a car, then they like drive a car around some part of Europe. Uh, maybe they build some weird cars. It's basically just top Top Gear with bears. What if? What if it's they like, could call it Top Bear? What if Paddington becomes so famous that there is a TV show about him, and it's like the movie Ed TV. <laughs> Why did it what have if? to be Ed TV? Truman shows too. Truman shows too good. What if? What if the third one is? Uh, it turns out his uncle wasn't dead, and he he, yes. he finds them in London, and, it, and like half his face is all fucked up. Oh shit! And he's like super angry that they just assumed that he was dead, and so it's Paddington versus his uncle trying to kill him. Versus um, this is pretty dark. And then Paddington has to like. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's not cool as Uncle's trying to kill him, but Paddington understands, like, yeah, he didn't try very hard to save him either. And he has to live with that guilt. How about in the next movie, Paddington <laughs> tries to get an education, and some goofy things happen, and the movie just ends. Oh, God, there's Bear, just Bear no, goes to school. Yeah, I like there's it. just no conflict at all. I do like this. Oh, yeah, no, it's Bear goes to college. Goes oh! To college. He has his first, like, sexual encounter. It's like Animal House, but with a real animal. Um, Back to school, but with a bear. Yeah, it's basically Animal House. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I and want. We'll cast the headmaster as Ian McKellen. <sighs> yes, now the headmaster. Bear, you maybe, shall behave. You know what? Here's what I will say. The next one, there needs to be a red herring villain, where you think the the like the headmaster is a villain, but the headmaster is actually looking out for Paddington because his because new friend, <laughs> his first friend that he makes at the school, is actually using him to cheat on tests. Mm-hmm. So you want yes. the Mandarin? In, in yeah, I do actually. Yeah, three? yeah, okay. yeah. And then, and then it turns out the, the real Pandarin. villain has a giant tattoo of a dragon. <laughs> the dragon, of course, being the the a reference to the dragon cave where the Mandarin got his powers. That was both dumb and amazing. I loved it. The Pandarin. What are the odds that there'd be another bear at this school? Of course, <gasps> we'd be friends. Oh yes, it could be another bear. The next movie. The, yes, it should be the next movie. Yes, the villain should actually be a bear. 
but the bear befriends Paddington, gets Paddington into trouble, and then he ha- and then he realizes like, oh, you're not a good influence on me. The truth is, the 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 headmaster was my friend the whole time. He kept telling me not to hang out with you. The other bears, Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> and then he looks at the camera at the end and goes, "See, kids, sometimes your friends are assholes." <laughs> Because I, I just want to sit around and eat. I can read Slash Film the following Monday. Paddington 3 made zero dollars and it <laughs> upset everyone at an astonishing zero percent. Paddington on 3 tomatoes. decanonized from Paddington lore. Oh, I think that's a good lesson to teach kids. Sometimes your friends are assholes. They're just trying to cheat off of you. Yeah. Um, Past tests. I'm trying to think. What yeah. if Paddington uh, finds a piece of jewelry and finds out it contains evil and has to take it to, I don't know, some kind of... This is the Lord of the Rings. I, I just want the Lord of the Rings with a bear. No, no, <laughs> give no, me, no, Give no, me no. all kinds of bear movies. Okay. Paddington goes in a spaceship that's um, ooh, ooh, ooh. that crashes on a planet filled with apes. Paddington suddenly finds his brother. Brother oh. bear. <laughs> <laughs> I let that one sit out there for a minute. With songs by Phil Collins. <laughs> songs by Phil Collins. Paddington goes to Zootopia for a vacation. Oh, there and you has go. to solve a mystery with Officer Judy Hopps. But it's actually Nick. the same animation of Paddington, so he looks completely out of place. Yes, exactly. Like it's like, yeah. like when like when Jay Sherman visited The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, dude, his dream where he goes back to Darkest Africa. Uh, it's it beautiful. In, oh, yeah, shot. it's in this one. Yeah, no, the lighting in that in that dream sequence is amazing. Yeah. It's where he's in the prison cell, and the prison cell slowly turns mm. into darkest, A- not darkest Africa, darkest <laughs> Peru. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, that was so good, man. He should. The next movie should include like maybe the Browns go on a vacation to darkest Peru. I mean, that's a great way to ruin the third movie, much like Crocodile Dundee three. Bringing it back around, I will. <laughs> because we talked about that earlier. Anyway. Um, next week. Paddington saves a day and then comes home and then Winnie the Pooh with an eye patch. <laughs> Paddington sets the brown home on fire <laughs> and they're forced to move to darkest Peru. Oh. oh. <laughs> or at least like upstate London. Upstate England. <laughs> oh, they have to go to America. <gasps> Ooh, they should go on vacation. Oh, Paddington Bear takes Manhattan. Another great way to ruin a, a, a series. Paddington Bear takes a holiday. How about it's Paddington... Ta- yeah, it's Paddington Bear takes Manhattan, but he spends the whole film on a boat. See, that's oh, a, oh, yeah. See, yeah, that's a reference to Halloween Jeez. 6. I know. I know. It's actually the Friday the 13th movies. I'm, I, we've had this conversation so many times. Uh, is, it, is it Friday the 13th 4? It's Friday the 13th Part 8. Okay, what Maybe is it? Maybe Paddington... Like, they don't go to the East Coast. They progressively go west and they try to set, like settle their new home in a town that's run by a, a sheriff dog that's kind of lazy and not really trying anymore Aww. and then there's like a entrepreneurial cat um that's pretending to be everyone's friend but he's secretly just grooming all the mice to get eaten by the cats I get those west <laughs> uh i think he should take a small trip to germany and then he finds a mad scientist with a time machine and he accidentally falls into the time machine, goes back to the 1940s and spends the rest of the movie mowing down Nazis. Paddington two kills Hitler is the title of the film. Paddington three. I mean, Paddington three killing Hitler. Paddington bear coming to a theater uh, near you. Paddington bear pilots a spy plane into Russia, ter- Russian territory. <laughs> 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 and gets shot down. And then the Browns, 
have to cross in <laughs> cross the Berlin Wall and negotiate for the life of Paddington. Bridge of Bears. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, that's really good. With Tom Hanks. My family calls me Paddington, but you can call me Killington. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, man. Or it could be more like behind enemy lines, and he could have to like hoof it out into safe territory, and he has to kill some Serbians along the way, who are in a, who are in Russia for some reason. Right. So, all right. Uh, next week we're going to see Paddington three. Or uh, what are we seeing next week? Kickboxer Retaliation. Is that really what we're seeing? I don't know. Dear God, it is coming out next week, but I don't think it's the theaters. Dear um, Lord. Well, that's okay. We watched the last one at home. I mean, I watched it, it in theaters. I'm, is it Maze Runner? Is that the big release this week? Is it? It God, might be. I don't want to watch that. I guess we should bring this stuff up. And then... Is this is this the third Maze Runner, right? Yeah, yeah. it's the death. So technically, I've seen all films leading final. up to this, but I really don't want to watch another one because I never seen any of them. Because the Scorched Trials is a god awful film. The first one's okay, but they're not good. Okay, that's so. Let's we're not gonna do that. Um, um there's is, is Kickboxer Retaliation on like a thing where I can just stream it at home? Because that'd be nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's the Maze Runner and Hostiles. Hostiles is the... Oh, that's the Christian Bale one. Oh, yes. Ooh, I'll say Hostiles. Um, and then, I mean, because I guess... At this point, it's either that or suck it up and see Phantom Thread, which I'm going to do anyway, but... Yeah. You told Henry you'd give it a shot. I, so. I told Henry I'd give it a shot. I didn't tell Henry I'd pay $12 to see it. I've <laughs> given PTA plenty of chances. Yeah. Magnolia was great, man. Boogie Nights was great, man. Paddington uh, discovers oil. <laughs> that movie's shit, though. Yeah, um, Kickboxer Retaliation's on the release schedule. It just doesn't say how many theaters. Can I watch it at home? The greatest Probably. thing about saying Kickboxer Reemergence or whatever that last one was called uh, was the fact that I could just watch it at home and not go anywhere. I know Ryan won't want to see it because he hated the other one so much. So. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, like, it was. You but... hated the other one so much. I mean, there is film explosion, but those take time. So it was like I don't want to do a film explosion. Yeah, this after. early. Yeah, yeah, I mean, January is bad, but man, people didn't even listen to the last one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we uh, here. One? Let me see what we can always take this offline, but uh, uh, probably, we, probably, uh, Maze just, Runner. Ooh, Hostiles is at the Alamo, so we could do Hostiles. Yeah, probably um, Hostiles. All right. Well, you know, just keep an eye out, and From we'll the, see what we see by next week. Which I didn't realize. That's the director said. of uh, Black Mass and um, uh, Black Mass. Crazy Heart. Uh, shit, I'm out. Black Mass is terrible. Yeah, I mean, you know, just... For next week, we're all going to watch Batters Not Included. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>